What's up, Assassin's Creed Todd? Yo. <laughs> I uh, took a chance on one of those random Facebook ads and bought this hooded blanket. Oh, yeah? Pretty fucking warm, actually. Nice. Let me see if you can see the... Oh, oh wow. wow. <laughs> that looks like that looks like the the coat that you'd wear on your way to the boxing ring or something. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Or the, or the UFC ring or cage. Wait, or... is it is it Witcher? No, it's just a random design, and looks a lot like the Witcher logo. <laughs> it's like a random uh, Viking design. I Here you go, Todd. I put my hood up just for you. <laughs> I've I did one of those random Facebook ad things exactly twice. The first time I got lucky and the, it was like a sweater. It was, it was like a, uh, like a, a tight like Euro design jacket you had, right? Yeah. It was a, sweater. it was like a hoodie, but it was like a slim fit Euro design. It had kind of like a sideways um, zipper to it and everything. It looked all like cyberpunky, And that one actually came out pretty cool. It took forever to get here, but it, it came looked like it was as advertised and then i went for one more i don't even remember what the hell it was wasn't Some... it one of those masks when the masks were first coming out oh that was a different one okay. um but this was like several years ago it, it was some sort of other jacket or something and it was like pure garbage like it was i don't think it was even like sewn right it was like this or something it was <laughs> it was um, the, like something... the canvas one that you have or i I don't even fucking remember. I, I think I just gave it to Goodwill. It was like, I don't <laughs> even know what you're talking about. <laughs> it was some sort of like button up shirt or sweater, whatever. Anyway, it, it was matter. it was something made from probably terrible working conditions, uh, Chinese slave labor, and I don't blame them. <laughs> yeah, that's probably where <laughs> this thing souls. came from too. <laughs> yeah, you guys are part of the problem. Uh huh. Yeah, we are. Well, literally any American who has a smartphone is part of the problem, too. Mm -hmm. so there's nothing we can... There's no way that we can completely get it. Plus, like, all of our game consoles and... Yeah, we are all monsters. Virtually <laughs> all of our electronics. Yeah. yeah, there's so much Foxconn shit in my room right now. <laughs> there's actually a really uh, informative Adam Ruins Everything about that a few years back. Did you ever watch that show? Uh, yeah, occasionally. Yeah. Um, but just talking about, I forget what the episode was about as a whole, but they, there was a, a couple minutes where they talked about that, the whole argument of like, well, we should have more American manufacturing jobs and things like that. But just because that part of the world has very specific resources that go into all these devices, it would make no sense. Like it, it's. It'd be makes, more hassle. Yeah. It makes no economic way more money sense to try and dig that shit up here and you'd pretty much fail. Like you, you just can't like, that's where the resources are. We just, we have don't have, we don't have Silicon mines. Yeah. yeah. Not only that, but like uh, cobalt is one of the big things that go into a lot of our uh, electronic devices. And the majority of that is in the South China seas, like almost like 95 or 98% of the world's resources of cobalt are in the South China wow. seas. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. Uh, getting pretty heavy for the getting off topic podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Damn consumerists! 
as Byron was saying earlier, we don't really have like a show to review or anything. We're definitely going to get into like the Snyder How Cut coming up. How dare Marvel not provide us with a show to review a week exactly. after WandaVision? I mean, after Loki, after Loki, it's going to be quite a long time until we have other Marvel stuff to review. <clears throat> oh, well. Because after Loki, I mean, they haven't they haven't been shooting anything. Is so, what if before Loki or after Loki? I think it's I think it's after Loki. So after uh, so after what if? Um, but then, as far as I'm I know, there's no new Marvel stuff after what if for months. Mm-hmm. Which you know we'll have more movies and stuff to talk about. Like uh, Black Widow will most likely have come out by then. Yeah. Um, and, well, uh, as I as I relayed to Byron earlier, we can we will never run short of shit to <laughs> just babble about forever. Um, that's <laughs> why that's why I thought that's why I thought uh, um, talking about Man of Steel and um, Batman versus Superman because you know Justice League comes out on Thursday and apparently the reviews are that it's not terrible. Yeah, well, we'll get we'll get into it, but yeah, we'll get into it later. But yes, dun, dun, dun. welcome to the Getting Off Topic podcast. I don't know why I did the dun, 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 but whatever. Um, <laughs> and this is actually the first episode where which will feature our new theme Intro. music. Yeah, yes. cool. Thank you to cool. longtime friend Sean Krinsky. Um, What's up, Sean? Yeah, shout out to Sean. Sean! <laughs> we'll have to link his like Bandcamp or whatever, and. Uh, uh, for all his sweet synth and industrial tunes, sweet and, you, and you're uh, you're still working on getting the new theme into the YouTube versions of stuff. Uh, yeah, I haven't even had time to touch it yet. I'm uh, I'm officially taking uh, slightly less hours starting this week. Well, tomorrow's my weekend, and then I'm uh, when I come back, I'm taking a little less hours. I'm starting later in the mornings, so I'll have like an extra hour or so to either get some exercise in or work on an hour so yeah i know <laughs> he's, he's working were... 11 hours instead of 12 hours basically Dear god man i'm, I'm testing it out i'm testing it out because when i look there's a problem i look at the numbers how how much like my paycheck's gonna drop because i'm not like maxing out that overtime I'm like okay what if i cut it back a little bit i was like okay what if i just don't uh like work any overtime Oh God, no! So let's, let's <laughs> add a little bit here, a little bit there, a little bit. So I'm I'm dipping my toe into okay. Let's hey man, there's a thing called a work-life balance. Yeah, uh, you seem What's to that? have no concept of that at all. <laughs> nope, no whatsoever. <laughs> no, I'm definitely. It's um, after you know my uh, my life alert episode. <laughs> I uh, I decided. Okay, obviously. My health is not. Are, are you gonna go uh, buy a uh, buy a plot of land in Fiji and put a hut on it or something? Yeah, oh my god, I wish that'd be rad as fuck. <laughs> Sign me up now. Uh, <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, after after all that shit is like the wake up call. Okay, I need to stop putting healthy habits on the back burner. So like eating a little better. Of course, today is pie day, so we uh, we got some fucking pizza. But uh, <laughs> happy pie! So day, there's right? this uh, there's this fantastic pizza place in Portland that my sister and I went to. It's called Life of Pie, uh, and um, they have this incredible. They do these like uh, wood fired margarita pizzas Ooh. with uh, like fresh mozzarella on top and stuff. 
and their happy hour deal is it's a seven dollars for a 10 inch um and beers are five bucks and you can get them to go so like my sister and i each got one and we had it yesterday and like nice a plus there are so many places that we meg and i are just making a, a laundry list so i've had a i've had a, a a gmail draft saved for like fucking years now of just a, an ongoing list of places to go things to see things to do when we have money <laughs> and <laughs> now i've re i've edited the title because that's we're in a better place financially now, but now it's things to do post COVID. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Meg found this really rad um, coffee shop that's nearby us in Anaheim that it, it blew up just this past week on TikTok, And so they've got an influx of business. In fact, I saw mm -hmm. a uh, Instagram post from them today saying like, like, wow, we're uh, like overrun right now, but don't worry folks. The TikTok apocalypse will calm down eventually <laughs> and we'll get back to our regular operations. But it was, uh, it's a uh, Requiem, Requiem coffee. And it's like this crazy, like. It's like an Alice in Wonderland type coffee house. Yeah, like an art house, like an art exhibit. Like it was built underneath a willow tree. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, look up Requiem coffee. You can find their Instagram, whatever. Do, do, do like a giant anthropomorphic squirrels bring you each cup of coffee? <laughs> yes, <laughs> it looks like it will happen. There, there is some like weird, uh, like tree thing where like kids can go like crawl through and stuff. There's like another corner that's all like gaming, and I think they have even like a little area for like you to set up uh, laptops and shit. There's like a bunch of little theme sections. There's like a video game corner. There's a bunch of this stuff, but that reminds me. There's this um. There's this VR game called Moss, and uh, it's you Moss you simulator. play. <laughs> well, you play this like sort of ethereal magic creature, but you actually control. So you, if you look down into like a puddle, you see like sort of like a no face, sort of like floating head, and you've got orbs for arms but you control a little tiny mouse and you're in the mouse's like scale world. So everything is big to the mouse, sort of small to you, but everything looks to scale. So like a, like a bird would be terrifying in scale to this character that you're controlling. But because it's in VR, you have the sense of scale of her world. So everything looks much larger. You and just... oh, sorry. It's incredible. It's sort of like a Mouse Guard or um, Secret of Nim, sort of inspired in terms of like that 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 ethos of like uh, the the larger world is would be terrifying to a tiny mouse, you know. Um, and it's incredible. It's like one of the best. And between you as this like ethereal being, you interact with the world to move obstacles. For uh, Quill is the mouse's name. Mm -hmm. um, so that she can get places. Mm -hmm. So like you, you have to like pull a lever or like move a giant boulder so she can jump on top of the boulder, et cetera. So you're not and, actually, the player is not the mouse, but you're just- Well, you do, you, you, it, it's sort of a hybrid. So you, you use the, it's sort of like a Zelda-esque controls. So you control Quill as the mouse with the analog stick and you know slash with B and jump with A and that type of thing. Gotcha. But then you also, grab physical ob objects in the environment with the the grab button gotcha 
it's incredible. It's one of the best VR games I've ever played. And uh, it's one of those games that I like highly recommend anybody who's into VR check out because it's the sense of scale and the art design. It's just a really fantastic game. Yeah. You, you kind of hit a nostalgia button right there for me because uh, it came out of nowhere, but it totally reminded me of like fucking Honey, I Shrunk the Kids when they're. Yeah, I mean, it's very much that sort of aesthetic. Yeah, because, and if I because could VR, have a VR is really, really good at uh, showing a sense of scale. Yeah. So if I if I if I could get a VR Honey I Shrunk the Kids game and I'm hanging out there like <laughs> riding anti, <laughs> I mean it's just, honestly so I, I don't, it's just a matter of time. I don't know if there's a VR uh, mode for this, but there Gr- is grounded. Yeah, there is a Honey I Shrunk the Kid game called oh, Grounded. Sure. Grounded. Yeah. Yeah, it's by um, isn't it Rare? Uh, I believe so. Uh, let me see. Oh no, it's Obsidian. Oh, that's right. It is Obsidian. I knew it was a new Microsoft Studio. Huh. Yeah. Or a Microsoft Studio. Yeah, one of the Microsoft Studios. One of uh, the many, many, many Microsoft Studios now. That I mean, that's me, crazy. Uh, the finalization of the Microsoft uh, takeover of Bethesda uh, has yeah, happened. So, yeah. Oh, wow. Zenimax is now officially the uh, Microsoft Studios. And they got, I mean, if you look at how many games and, and studios are in that acquisition, there's a reason they paid $1.6 billion for it. Yeah, it's a fuck ton. Like they own Doom, they own Quake, they own Prey, they own Wolfenstein. Well, just the games, just the games the that they put on the uh, Game Pass cool. right now. Yeah, so they own it's Fallout. A good time. It's a good time to be a Game Pass owner because uh, yeah, they definitely. put most of the games, uh, most of the more recent games on the <laughs> the, the collection here. Weirdly enough, you Doom get... 2016 isn't available yet. Hmm. What's the name of that? Is that just Doom? It's just called yeah. Doom. Yeah, it's just, Doom yeah. Eternal is available, but not Doom 2016. It's probably some licensing deal, I'm guessing. Right. Still waiting on my goddamn laptop. <laughs> <laughs> just want to play some fucking doom eternal <laughs> and cyberpunk Jeez. and the, you know, the so... next the next uh doom uh dlc is about to come out too oh that's right yeah i still need to finally play doom eternal yeah. it's one of those things where like my backlog is so like jeez. yeah i know where it's that's all so absurd at this point <laughs> the never-ending the never-ending steam i started um my buddy dane and i you know dane yeah um uh, he's really into Destiny 2, and uh, I am one of these Destiny 2 players that like plays for like three months and then stops playing and then play, etc. Um, but he he's got a much higher level character than I do, and so um, I'm gonna. He has a PS5, and I'm playing on PS4, um, so I can play with him. But we just ran a bunch of missions and stuff, and so uh, it, I feel like Destiny 2 is one of these games that takes up so much time. But it's really, really, really fun when you play with other people. So it's like, ah, do I play other games or do I, you know, spend the time to sync levels into Destiny 2? Yeah. So Meg is, um, well, she took a few days break from, uh, I keep wanting to call it Farmville. Why the fuck? Because farming. Stardew Valley. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. But uh, it's 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 Farmville without microtransactions. Yeah. But I saw a, a random uh, ad on Facebook of all things, uh, a 
week or so back for uh up and coming game which is basically stardew in space uh one lonely outpost and it's yeah it's it's i mean it's on my wish list now in steam it's still in still in development in development yeah it's, it's not even the same to, guy that did stardew no yeah but it's supposed to be coming late later this year but i mean it looks looks fun if you if you like stardew you'll like this it's just it in seems space. to be like stardew in space god <laughs> have you tried out valheim yet Yes, I have. I've been playing that a lot lately, actually. It's, it's a go ahead. It's a survival Viking game, basically. Uh, it's Minecraft Vikings. Right. You 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 start out as pretty much a Viking with a tunic on and nothing else, <laughs> and uh, you have to punch trees, get uh, get wood, get stone, build a giant home, and then kill monsters. Nice. So it, it's something I think is interesting is like every serve there's like a survival genre for like every single hyper specific interest now. Yeah, <laughs> like, pretty much. Like there's like sci-fi survival games. Oh, that, that was DK2 is a, like is a zombie survival game. There's also Project Zomboid, which is an even more intense zombie I, survival. Have game. you actually like, played Project Zomboid? I've yeah, been a, I have it. I, I backed them when they were very first I, starting I, I got so into state of dk2 recently that i was like it's not enough i need more <laughs> i need to go deeper <laughs> but you're you're actually getting in on the tail end of the survival genre the survival genre is kind it's of falling out yeah, yeah it, it's kind of falling out of uh, out of favor but like it's well apparently not with valheim well, yeah, Valheim is kind of re refocusing in on it, but like the prime days of it were when DayZ came out, when Rust came out, when Age of Conan. Well, Rust is came coming out. back. Yeah, Rust is coming back, but the the popularity is dying out because a lot of the people are moving. There, uh, a lot of the people that have been playing it on Twitch is the reason why it's been exploding recently. Um, they're moving back to GTA RP, so rust is gonna die off again soon not only that but rust actually had a major uh incident where all of their european servers literally died in a fire the data center that was holding the oh, european shit. rust servers uh, that's not good <laughs> yeah you know i've never really understood have you ever, have you ever tried playing gt online yeah i personally think it's a fucking disaster it is um, mainly mainly. I mean, the gameplay is chaotic and too much, but it's mainly the load times for multiplayer are so absurdly long that you spend night 75% of your time well, waiting for waiting like loading screens and that's not actually why, playing the game. That's why GTA yeah. RP is so huge right now. GTA RP, like you're just in the open world. You're not doing any of the missions. You're not doing any of the loading screen stuff. You're just in the open world and it's literally Dungeons and Dragons, but inside GTA. Oh, uh, hmm. Um, bullet, bullet, bullet. <laughs> Rocket launcher. <laughs> No, but it's it's people taking a GTA RP is people taking on roles like the one person's playing a cop, one person's playing literally a person inside Burger Shot giving you the burgers. Uh, somebody is playing a drug dealer. Somebody's playing a random civilian walking down the street. Hey, I mean, kind of I will say that uh, 
every now I recently reinstalled GTA four and I just drive around, drink some beers, occasionally uh, smoke a J and listen to jazz as I'm driving around drunkenly in New York city or I'm sorry, Liberty city. (laughs) (laughs) So I get it. Uh, A bit of my gaming news that I was going to share this week. Actually, I need to give credit to Todd. Otherwise I would have had no idea that it existed. Uh, in one of my favorite genres, the Metroidvanias. Uh, Todd, you showed me the trailer for fucking Turbo Kid, the game. <laughs> what? Yeah. Yes. Wait, okay. So didn't that movie come out like six years ago? Yeah, pretty much. So is, is, is there like a resurgence in that franchise that I don't know about? No, it's just a cult hit. It just yeah. took a really long time for them to get a game out. The the fans of it have been dying for a sequel for ages, and it just I guess somebody decided to make a game. But um, they've isn't got... that movie like really hyper violent too? Yeah, yeah. It, it starts it off and it isn't. That's just the great part about it. It's so bizarre. It starts off like have you ever, you never seen it? I I did see it, but it was like at a, it was at a buddy's house, and I was really fucking high when I saw it. And I was like, yeah. "What is happening?" <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it starts off as this like low key, post apocalyptic little indie flick, mm-hmm. like coming of age sort of thing. But then this kid finds this fucking blaster arm thing. It's basically like Mega Man, and it's not like a fun little pew pew. It like yeah, it, it like explodes, explodes dude. motherfuckers. Yeah. yeah. With a giant squelching noise and, and blood doesn't, like, shooting somebody's head fucking get everywhere. Cut off with a sword at the end of the movie. Uh, multiple heads get cut off. Yeah, with varying weapons, <laughs> implements. Yeah, but it's... I love the fact that they ride around on bicycles. Even the bad guys <laughs> ride around on. Bicycles. I mean, in a, if you don't have any access to gasoline, bicycles yeah. would most likely be the best exactly. form of transportation. But yeah. I just love like the dichotomy of that it's like i I love the opening credits are shot to push it to the limit (laughs) and it's a montage of him riding his bike (laughs) that's the greatest opening ever it's like this it's weird mashup of like this horrifically bloody action uh, post-apocalyptic movie and this like indie darling love story coming of age on bicycles it's that feels like it should be on uh that feels like a like um uh, it should be on Last Drive-In. Oh, totally. Yeah. Like, that definitely fits into that it's universe. Horror. But they've kind of I been... Mean, but out. they do non-horror stuff occasionally. Yeah. yeah. The Ten directors years. have... The the other two movies that they've done are basically horror films, so... Yeah. Wouldn't what be else too did far they out. do? Um, they did the Summer of 88, I think it's called. Oh, really? They did that? That's yeah. on Shudder. I think that's a Shudder exclusive. Yeah. That's a good... Yeah. That was a good I like that. I like that one. Yeah, that one was good. I enjoyed it. That so yeah, so there's no reason Turbo Kid can't be on uh, Last Drive-In. I mean, they've already got like a relationship with Shutter. I'm gonna I'm gonna hit them up on Twitter. <laughs> um, I mean, season three starts what in like uh, a month? April, April? 16th, I believe. A couple weeks, I think. Uh, oh, it was April. It's, no, yeah, it's in April. April 16th. I think it's the 16th though. Yeah. Oh, red. That sounds about right. Um, in sort of, I guess, gaming related news. Um, you, you guys familiar with, uh, the ridiculous, uh, GameStop stocks shit that was going on? The stonks? Game stonks. Yeah. Yep. Um, 
I managed to finally pull out my three little shares that I threw in there. <laughs> Thank <laughs> God this past week as the, at the price started to go up again. Partly, I think, still from between that war of the uh, the Everyman Redditors and... Oh, uh, that war is still going on, by the way. Yeah, but also exacerbated from recent news that uh, uh, GameStop is bringing in uh, or brought in uh, co-founder of Chewy uh, to uh, basically spearhead or be on this council of them uh, really trying to push to upgrade their e-commerce and really trying to uh just reshape the company to actually be able to number one stay in business and actually be a solid competitor to uh, oh you mean they're gonna upgrade their website so it's not like it's made in 1998 and never their website is so bad (laughs) remember that sale that i was telling you about that i I was so frustrated about 90 percent of that was dealing with the was dealing with the website because like by the time i went to go buy something it was like, oh, it has been removed from your cart. And it's like, yeah, because it took me two minutes to load the goddamn shopping cart. Oh, that's what happened to me multiple times over when I was trying to uh, be like the cool kids and get uh, a switch during the early days of quarantine. <laughs> it's just like, I, I was, oh, it's there. Click add to cart. Go to cart. Oh, it's not in the cart. It's <laughs> <laughs> like over and over until I was like, fuck this shit. So, yeah. Anyway. I thought it was interesting. I don't know what their future will hold if they'll actually pull through or not. I mean, I I personally think that uh, their idea to like pivot uh, at least somewhat into retro games, I think that's a good idea because uh, I personally, it seems to me that retro gaming as a hobby is only going to become more popular over time, not less popular. Oh yeah. So, uh, like because eventually all the all the 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 kids that grew up with like the their first um, console was the 360 and the PS3, they're gonna want all those old PS3s and 360s, you know, because mm-hmm. especially those consoles are incredibly hard to emulate, so you're not gonna be able to play them on anything. Yeah. So yeah. I think long term, if they if they pivot into retro gaming, it's gonna hit. It's gonna hurt the retro gaming market definitely, but it'll make it more consumer friendly. Yeah. 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 I'm down for uh, you know staying in our apartment as long as humanly possible and just uh, gaming it up, despite it's... despite uh, the world declaring that it's totally okay, guys. We should all go outside to. Uh, indoor dining and movie theaters and gyms now which apparently is the case in orange county they decided uh i think today actually wow um, really they opened everything? fuck that yeah indoor dining yeah. uh gyms movie theaters i think that was they were talking about it yesterday and i think it was the last word that i heard about it was like oh yeah stroke of midnight we're good to go because it magically disappears. Before we get off the uh, the topic of retro gaming, did you guys see the trailer for uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge? What? I did. So I'm a little confused. Is it in the style of the old game, but with yeah. just new cutscenes and stuff? No, it's a new. It's a brand new game with new cutscenes. It's completely original. Some of the developers. The some of the developers that worked on the original game are working on this one. Oh, yeah. that's cool. Because I watched uh, the trailer and I was not entirely sure what it was. It's it's also the the same public most of the same publishers that did the Scott Pilgrim game. Oh, okay, so, so it's, it's going to be hard as fuck to beat. 
It's, those, it's those street brawler games typically are. Yeah, it's this it's this ser- spiritual sequel to the original. Uh, arcade and it looks game. like it's using at least a, a an engine that is inspired by the original engine. Yeah. Okay. That's fine. Then, then I'm down for that because like, uh, ground control that amazing retro arcade bar that I've told you about up here. Uh, I I've I've yeah. managed to get almost beat that game at, at ground control a few times with with like four friends on that cab cabinet and it's a lot of fun nice uh probably we, one of the best four player arcade games that ever came out yeah, yeah. those acclaim uh early 90s ones the the simpsons arcade game mm-hmm. the x-men arcade game like those are all just like Mwah. i uh i played the uh the x-men one it was probably God, it was probably two or three years ago now um, at uh, one of our Orange County friends' uh, birthdays. It was 2018. 2018? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, like early 2018. Uh, I don't even remember the name of the place, but it, it's a bar, a barcade up in LA somewhere. Um, but they had that. I didn't even know it fucking existed. The X-Men arcade. Six player? It's, it's like six or seven players. Yeah. The six yeah. player. I, I mean, I think uh, it maxes out at six, but... Okay. Um, yeah, that thing is amazing. There, there's one of those at Ground Control too. Yeah, that was, um, you got pretty far, but yeah, yeah, uh, I agree. The retro stuff is here. I mean, like that Turbo Kid game. That's another pixel art game. Like, there's new games that are being developed to mimic retro games. Oh yeah, like one of the biggest ones that just came out recently is a game called Loop Hero, and it's literally like NES, almost Atari graphics, but yeah. it's huge. Mm-hmm. And it's it's I, become its own it's become its own like genre at this point. Yeah. Pixel art games. Yep. I'm down. I like it. Uh let's see. I don't know if I had anything else gaming wise. Oh, there was uh it's been a slow gaming week. Yeah, there was somebody on Twitter apparently. I don't know how they're connected to Sony, if at all, but supposedly according to this leaker that uh the several PlayStation exclusives were uh, supposedly getting PC ports pretty soon. God of War, the Uncharted collection. Yeah, because Sony wants money. Uh, and they've finally realized that, uh, especially after Horizon Zero Dawn, because Horizon Zero Dawn was originally a PlayStation exclusive. Yep. And then about a year ago, it came to uh, PC and that sold gangbusters. So... Well, and th- it makes sense because Microsoft has a huge like presence in the PC space. So if, if Sony doesn't also, then they're just losing market share in the PC space because PC players are most likely, I mean, very few of them. uh, Like, I mean, I would say the, the most common selection is PC, Sony switch. Uh, Cause like if you, have microsoft then you can just get pc versions of microsoft games yeah because especially now with play anywhere um yeah absolutely buy the game on xbox or you can buy the game on pc and then play it on on the reverse so but like most likely it's going to be a while until i get a ps5 because i have a a good enough computer to play most uh new next gen titles um and ps5s are you know five hundred dollars and so like, like to find. I mean, what I'll most likely do in the interim is 
get a PS4 Pro used or something yeah. so that I can play, you know, Destiny 2 in 1440p. Yeah. We don't even have the Pro. We still have the original PlayStation 4. I mean, that's yeah, what I have to. The original. Yeah. I, I swapped out the hard drive because the hard drive was getting uh, long in the tooth, let's just say. <laughs> um, and so I swapped it out for a Fire Cuda 2 terabyte hybrid drive. So it's got like 512 megabytes of SSD cache. Cuda. And, uh, uh, and then 2 terabytes of um, 7200 RPM uh, hard disk space. And, but it, it caches the things that you use regularly so that it minimizes your load times dramatically. So like that was an excellent upgrade. Byron, you're, you're doing this wrong. You're breaking the cardinal rule. Whenever you're talking about like RAM and hard drive space, you got to talk like you're in the movie Hackers. So <laughs> years down the road, you're going to sound horribly dated, but you're going to- Two sound- gigabytes should be fine. Yeah. <laughs> You got to sound excited as shit and like you're the most badass person. Like, I'm talking about 32 gigs of RAM, man. And this, and that. I got 100 gigabytes in my head. <laughs> oh, God. And I'm talking to like sentient dolphins and shit. <laughs> I love that. When's the last time you watched it? I watched it like a year and a half. I watched it a few years ago. I watched it like three or four years ago. I, I still I watch it. A while. I mean, it's one of my favorite movies. So I like I definitely watch it pretty yeah. regularly. I want room service. I <laughs> <laughs> can love it. Oh. It doesn't have uh, what's her name? Carrie Wurr. Carrie Wurr. She, she's in um, Dina she Myers. Uh, she she uh, she's in Starship Troopers. Are you uh, thinking Dina Meyer? Because Dina Meyer's in that. It one. might be Dina Meyer. Yeah, we. Like a Did we talk about this? Couple yeah, a couple weeks, weeks ago. Yeah, we caught. Yeah. yeah, we've already had this conversation. Blessing our love, Dina Meyer. <laughs> we just we just have the same conversations every couple oh, months again, yeah. in perpetuity. I mean, yeah. hey, this uh, is what happens in your thirties, kids. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, it's funny. Um, well, skipping over because uh, again, we didn't really have like a show to review, so I just got a shitload of headlines, and I kind of <sighs> fell down a uh, a rabbit hole on some of the horror websites. But um, tangentially related, first off, what I'm getting to is we're talking about Ninja Turtles. I have you ever seen those uh, NECA uh, figures of the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movie characters? I don't think so. Oh my god, they're fucking gorgeous! Like I saw them at a con. It might have been WonderCon a few years back or something. But they're maybe like at least a foot tall all four turtles and they're like screen accurate gorgeous like i'm not a huge like figure collector but like i every now and again what (laughs) every now and again i think about them and i'm like fuck those would be really awesome just that's that's only if they're from teenage mutant ninja turtles three and they're in their full samurai garb (laughs) oh that's my that's my favorite part of the first movie is uh when they say tequila, they're supposed to be teenagers, right? So they don't know what tequila is. So they all go, tequila? I remember them dancing that, but I don't And then when they say tequila, they all just they all sort of look puzzled at tequila is because they're teenagers. They're not supposed to know what tequila is. So they go, tequila? I'm going to have to do a rewatch because I don't remember yeah. that. Uh... You'll see it and you'll laugh. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> 
because it was I was well into my 20s the first time I noticed that moment and I laughed quite a bit. I distinctly remember it different. They say they're they're goofing off and then they go ninjutsu. They do that later. Okay. These are the important topics, kids. So basically, you're <laughs> <laughs> arguing minutia of a 30-year-old movie. Hey, hey. I mean, great. isn't that what this whole podcast is about? Yes. <laughs> a fantastic 30-year-old movie that still fucking holds up. Fantastic. Of course it does. So good. Honestly, uh, they're better than I remember. Honestly. They really are, yeah. I mean, I, I love the first two. The third one, I saw... Honestly, I think I only saw it once in the theaters. And I even as a kid, I was like, I'm not that impressed with this one. Not and it's the got best, uh, Sam, the best comic book movies. And it's got and Sam stuff. Rockwell in it, so... In the third one, really? The first one. Oh, the first one, yeah. Yeah. Right. Yep, yep. Best comic book movies until uh, Dark Knight comes out. Yeah. Hey, Blade is pretty good. That's exactly uh, hey, Blade. Blade's pretty fun. Blade was pretty good. Yeah. Also, Tank Girl's pretty good. <laughs> Tank yeah. Girl. Oh, anyway, what I was going to get to, so since we bridged that far over to uh, Ninja Turtles and the Neneca toys and everything, for figurine collectors, as I was browsing through uh, the horror-related news, uh, they're putting out a whole new line of the Universal Monsters, like we were talking about uh, in the last week's. Are they in black and white? Uh, they have one. They have a black and white Frankenstein. That's Frankenstein's monster. That's already out, I believe. They released a tease for uh, Lon Chaney Jr.'s werewolf, uh, Wolfman. Excuse me. And this isn't a Universal monster, but <laughs> this past week they also revealed uh, an American werewolf in London figure. Oh wow! Which is badass. That is so cool. Yeah. I'll send you guys the link really quick, but yeah, it's uh, what's his face uh, in full wolf I want mode. All of the toys, but I don't want the toys. Yeah, <laughs> even just this past weekend. So I you know, usually on um, well Monday Tuesdays are my weekends, so that's when we clean up the uh, rabbit cages and just like vacuum in the you know the front of the apartment here, and. The most annoying part is deciding if I'm going to actually dust the shelves or particularly the uh, the entertainment center because that's where all our little figures, the few figures that we do have, I've got a little Ash from Evil Dead 2 and uh, uh, Meg has a few little um, uh, like Funkos and shit. But it's such a bitch. Once you start collecting figures, then you have to take everything down to do the dusting or you just decide, no, I'm just not going to dust at all and just let the dust slip sit there for ever ever yeah until you move or or they move yeah pretty much which is uh, get the glass cabinets like i got yeah they're they're fairly dust resistant in there Uh, i have not uh, noticed any accumulation in inside the cabinets yeah let me do that that just means more space is taken up yeah that's true true. you never win anyway uh byron ran away suddenly here he comes all just staring at him in shame. What am I gonna do? Wait, oh, I'm gonna wait till he almost has his headphones on. Yeah, that fucking Byron. What a piece of shit, man. God damn. Can't even. Ugh. That motherfucker. He just fuck that guy. Off. That fucking Byron. Jesus Christ, that asshole. Hey, Byron. What's up? Hey, hey, man. Guys. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> uh. 
You ran off. Don't I worry. I, I've tapped your phones already. So I already know what you're talking about. Oh, I knew it. Fucking knew it. <laughs> uh, anyway, where were we? Yeah, collectibles and um, yeah, the uh, the decision whether to collect them or not because it's it's just a bitch to clean. But I, I will say I um, I and, never got into the like the deluxe collectibles market um, except for starships <laughs> um well i mean we, we all we all need that uh the super star destroyer that's as big as a dining room <laughs> <table>. <laughs> oh, i have i have don't a couple remind me <laughs> i have a couple eagle moss um uh eagle moss uh i have the nx01 refit which is the uh season four of enterprise um version of the nx01 that was supposed to be if there was going to be a season four they were going to re-hit re, uh, refit the enterprise with the secondary hole so it looks more like the eventual ncc 1701 mm-hmm. um and they they had a bunch of designs by doug drexler that uh came out in a couple places and eagle moss made a version of that um ship uh, and I have the deluxe model, which is a l- little bit larger. And then I have, um, what else? Oh, uh, oh, I have a um, Enterprise B, which is uh, the Excelsior class. And then I have this like Enterprise D Bluetooth speaker. <laughs> <laughs> I mainly got it because it it was a really good model, and it was not super expensive and it was a bluetooth speaker and i was like hey that's sort of cool and it makes sounds you know that type of thing that works it's got the like the warp sound and in uh in trek related news and and models of the ship news uh shatner apparently is going to spend his 90th birthday oh my god he's 90 he's going to be 90 in in uh june i believe and he's going to be at a two-day event at the uh, this installation. It's a it's a Star Trek set tour in New Jersey. Uh, I think so. It was somewhere out that way. Yeah, right it's where they it. it's where they filmed that Star Trek fan series back in the early in the mid two thousands. Yeah, so it's a there's a whole bridge replica there that was created by like a local super. It's fan. not just the bridge. It's every single visible set. From the show. Oh, shit. Yeah. Which effectively makes it the entire ship. Nice. Like film, filmed versions of the ship. That's rad. Yeah, it's huge. He's been working on it for like 15 years. Yeah. Um, Let me see. I had a name here. Yeah. Local self-described super fan, James Cowley. James Cowley. Yeah. Who inherited a copy of the original Enterprise Blueprints in 97. Yep. He also used to be an Elvis cosplayer. (laughs) Oh, uh, to, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing this right. Ticonderoga, New York. Ticonderoga, yeah. Ticonderoga, yeah. Oh, so it's upstate. It's so it's New York. It's not New Jersey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like in '90, man. Uh, yeah. So Kali, he's uh, he's interesting because he he actually used to in the Star Trek fan. So he his series that he did was um, one of the like the major fan films that like revamped the fan film, the Star Trek fan film community in the, in the early two thousands. And he played Kirk kind of like troops for, uh, yeah. And he, they made a bunch of like really slick, like 
they 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 um they worked with like a, a local um special effects school to have them part of their like have some of their students do the vfx for the show um so they had these like really slick looking um space vfx that were done in uh with in the style of the 1960s ships but with like modern accoutrement you know and um he's actually he's in the first jj abrams movie oh wow yeah that's rad as like a an extra in the background that's cool <laughs> he's always at the like the the vegas convention um i saw him last time and he's he's like a he's like a He's like a Trek celebrity, if you know what I mean. Now, um, <laughs> a celebrity within this very small, yeah. tight knit group of people, um, and uh, he always just like hangs out. People try to come up to him, and you know, that sort of thing. He got in a big. Uh, there was this like big fan film, like duke out between them and Star Trek Continues, because there was like, because they like siphoned off some of the talent that was working on on his version went over to Star Trek continues as a whole thing. Uh, that sucks. Yeah. Yeah. I've always, I've always liked Kali. He seems like a, a good dude. That's cool. Uh, did you hear <clears throat> in the litany of uh, track news and rumors that we've already covered like to a <laughs> ridiculous degree, uh, but apparently this past week it came out that uh, Nicholas Meyer our beloved director con has actually pitched a new movie to paramount yeah that's that's cool because nick meyer is probably the most important figure of the 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 trek movies in terms of their them being good (laughs) (laughs) um and he he co-wrote six and directed six and he wrote and directed two though he doesn't have the credits on two because they didn't want to it's a complicated thing um Hmm. so he directed it but they were like uh he also wrote it too but there were so many other screenwriters on it that they were like i I just want directing credit Hmm. because you guys won't give me the writing credit but like so they did it they just gave him directing credit instead. I what are you trying to say Star Trek the motion picture was not just the greatest film ever? <laughs> I don't know. Hey, man. I get they were going for gravitas, but I don't need 12 minutes of slow panning from a thousand angles <laughs> fucking enterprise. Like Jesus, that is excessive. Hey, that Jerry Goldsmith score though is fucking incredible. It, it, yes, I'll give you Ilya's that. Ilya's theme is my jam. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty good. Um, but yeah, so apparently, as the story goes, he was already supposedly pitching... Uh, trying the con, to pitch, the yeah. Seti Alpha 5 show. Yeah. Right, yeah, show of some sort. and uh, Or miniseries, three-part miniseries. Yeah, and there's no word on whether this has anything to do with that, if this is a retooled version. I would imagine that it doesn't. Yeah. Honestly, from what it read, from what it read like, this could just be like my because I read the same thing that you read. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it, or one of the various articles that all quoted each other. Yeah. Um. Uh, and this could just be me like wanting this to be true, <laughs> but it 
feels like it's set in an era of the past. If you listen to the wording of what he said, um, and it seems to me like it's pre TOS, but post first contact, which is, there's a lot of time there. Yeah. For a second, I got me confused because I was thinking the movie first contact. Oh, no, no, not the, no, no, like 2063. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, first contact day, um, where, uh, um, you know, the dude strapped a warp drive to a nuclear missile and listened to some Steppenwolf. <laughs> I fucking love that. I, <laughs> oh, what's that actor's name again? Uh, um, James. Uh, James Cromwell. James Cromwell. Yeah, just, just bring him back. Um, Give me a series with him. He's, uh, he's been like 20 characters in Star Trek. Yeah, yeah he's in that Next Gen episode, the Masterpiece Society. Um, he's in this uh, Enter- Enterprise episode too. He's been in Voyager as well under mm-hmm. heavy so. heavy uh, makeup. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's also in DS9. He plays um, uh, one of the um, First Dominion races that the, the episode where they get the the missile lodged in the defiant yeah yeah yeah. he's like he's like quipping it with quark hey space (laughs) traders um yeah he's great which is so funny because that version of first contact or or that version of um uh uh zephram cochran is very different from the the first mention of him because they call him in the tos uh they call him zephram cochran of alpha centauri because he moves there. That's where he retires to. Hmm. Oh. There, so I read this. Th- there was this post on Reddit a couple days ago that was uh, about how there used to be this other race of humans called Centaurans that existed up until First Contact about the movie um, that were identical to humans that it was implied that humans got warp drive from before the they developed it them or they didn't develop it it's in that like Zephram Cochran was originally an Alpha Centaurin and humans made contact with Alpha Centaurins and then got warp drive from them. Huh. And this what was book like was a, that in? it was in a bunch of books. There were there were a bunch of books and it was in the Star, Starfleet tactical role playing game in the or in the eighties. I don't remember um, that. And so there's a bunch of references to this other race of Centaurans or this race of like humans effectively um, that look exactly like humans and are effectively humans, um, except they're not humans. They're from Alpha Centauri. Uh, and up until First Contact, this was sort of like a soft canon and they were in a bunch of books. And then once First Contact came out, it just wiped out all of that away because hmm. it negated that theory. Anyways, it was a good article. You should read it. <laughs> Neat. Whatever you got, you got uh, Cochran and and Troy getting drunk on tequila. That's that's a much better tequila. Oh, great. Tequila? <laughs> tequila? 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 Uh, bring it back around. I swear that's wrong. I when she's watch that later. when she's uh, when she's arguing about time to Riker. Mm-hmm. Time? Yeah. We have no time. Yeah. 
We don't have time to argue about time. <laughs> yeah, she's she's great. She is. Um, let me uh, jump back uh, because I've got uh, a few little bits of. Oh, horror. real quick. Oh. I, the last thing I want to say about this is uh, what I think the movie is, is some sort of birth of the Federation thing. Oh, OK. Because that's like that's the type of thing that he would be interested in. And it fits right into that window. Mind you, it could really be anything because that's a that's like 200 years. So who knows? Yeah, it's a little bit of time to cover. That's what I hope it is. Yeah. Um, so uh, a few little bits, just random headlines of horror movie news I gathered. Uh, Bruce Campbell confirmed that the next Evil Dead will be filming this year. Yay! Evil Dead Rise. Wait. Um, so okay. What? <laughs> uh so is it in the original timeline or is it a sequel to the 2011 reboot or is it a sequel to ash and the evil dead or is it (laughs) or is it a sequel to like the games yeah so yeah so listeners you can't see this what i'm doing but i'm doing a very cartoonish shrug Ah, maybe all of the above none of the above we don't know all we know is it's uh it's a new protagonist um really when you when you talk to when you see the interviews with like bruce and Raimi and all them they're kind of cagey about like yeah it's sort of just another tale in the evil dead verse they don't really consider it like a direct sequel to that remake that came out plus hasn't he been they're called deadites in the evil dead universe right yes yes hasn't bruce campbell been pretty forward about not wanting to redo ash anymore like he doesn't want to play Ash. Yeah, he's 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 done. He's hung up the chainsaw and the boomstick himself. They got how many seasons? But Two or three? They had three. Three. Yeah. I need to I need to watch that show because I only saw a couple episodes. So oh, it's fucking great, man. The only the only bummer is that you can tell. You well, because it was also there was Stan versus Evil that was on at the exact same time. I hadn't seen that yet. That's on my list to get around to. Um, but yeah, it's it's fucking great. It's 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 on par with with the films yeah like the, the originals yeah the only mm. bummer of it was that it, it's you get that feeling uh, in the the way that it wraps up fairly quickly at the end of season three it's like oh, okay it's one of those things more. where they were they were clearly canceled mid-season and so they had to wrap up the story as best they could when you know it should have gone off for another season or two it's always really it's it's always really sad when like these like these things that we've been waiting for a long time and like got had like so much momentum behind them just fizzle out and die. <laughs> yeah. Well, plus, I mean, Lucy Lawless was in it. Like, yeah. Lucy come Lawless. on. <laughs> Lucy Lawless is fantastic. You're going to watch it for anything. Watch it for that. Yeah. She's, and she's yeah. And she's off the rails and fun as shit, as well as Bruce Campbell and every, the entire cast on there. Anyway. Does, uh, does so- Sam Raimi's brother pop up at any point? I believe so. Yeah. Oh, I mean, really? Yeah, he totally does. Yeah, okay. Right. Yeah. What's uh, his name? Ted Raimi. Ted Raimi. Yeah. Yeah. He he was on Xena, right? I'm pretty sure he was at some point in yeah. all of those. Yeah. Um, yeah. So this is this is actually the story to this was announced a while back. Uh, Evil Dead Rise. It's actually they're bringing it. They're getting away from the cabin in the woods. They're bringing it into the the dead of the city. So there's uh, a female protagonist she is caught in a skyscraper essentially it's it's evil dead and die hard essentially they're they're trapped <laughs> in a skyscraper with deadites running rampant 
and uh are they are they the like hooga booga boogala type of deadites or are they like zombies uh i don't know yeah that's all we know and i i am just interested in to see what type of tone they're gonna go for because like i mean evil dead is like barely a horror movie anymore so i hope they go full tongue-in-cheek and don't try to ultra realistic it yeah i only saw bits and pieces of that remake but it, from what I saw, they were just going for hard, gory, disturbing as they could, right? It wasn't, there wasn't any like... Yeah, yeah. It was like, it was like way more violent than the originals. Yeah. And it was, it was more like solidly horror. Yeah. Um, yeah. So this, they're saying the movie's going to be written and directed by Lee Cronin. I'm not familiar. Is that... Uh, huh, interesting. First feature was The Hole in the Ground. And he was handpicked by Raimi himself, so... Yeah, we'll see. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, what else we got? Oh, in the rumor mill, this, I don't know what to make of this. Rob Zombie. No. No. <laughs> no. There are rumors. I heard about this. This is a no for me. Yeah, hard pass. Rob Zombie apparently has been too. rumored to be attached to a Monsters film. No! The monsters. <laughs> Don't touch the monsters. The happy, smiling <sighs> monsters. Okay, so like no. <laughs> <laughs> Meg, what was your opinion on this again? No. So Rob Zombie makes really good haunted houses. Mm. Uh but not so great horror movies. I I didn't mind his. Uh, I like his first three. His Halloween remake, I actually didn't mind. Which yeah, maybe, I like Rob Zombie. As, maybe people think his blasphemy. I thought it was alright. Yeah, I like him as a movie maker. But don't touch the monsters. That's not. <laughs> that's not a Rob Zombie horror film. Yeah, that that. Come on. That makes no sense. I mean, I mean, you could always do I'm, what we were just talking about. You know, the original Evil Deads were highly. I mean, I guess it makes slightly more sense than Tim Burton, but like doing um, oh, the Wednesday, the Wednesday right. Adams thing. Um, okay, so do you guys remember they uh, Brian uh, Fuller actually tried to do the Monsters reboot? Yeah, like Mock- four or five years ago, Mockingbird, Mockingbird Lane. Lane. Yeah, yeah, it lasted like. Did an you guys episode. end up seeing it? I didn't. I did. did, did I know that. I, I know it's available it. somewhere to watch, but I don't know where. Mm. To the internet, because uh, it aired one. T- it aired on Halloween back in like 2018, I think, maybe 2017. Um, so you can find it, you know, because of certain extra legal means. Um. <laughs> Mockingbird. I was really bummed that that didn't happen just because I feel like uh, Fuller would have been the perfect type of person to do a and I do not trust Rob Zombie to do a Monsters reboot. Yeah, Brian well, Fuller. Well. I mean, yeah, Brian Fuller. I mean, he's got he's got the horror angle and he also he lives in like Pushing Daisies land, which Yeah, exactly. And and Pushing Daisies has the sor- same sort of like hyper reality as the Monsters does. Yeah. So that's why it seems like a perfect you know, mix to me. Okay, it was 2012. It aired. It was 2012. Yeah, the pilot episode. Whoa. 
October 26, 2012 as a Halloween special with the option for a series order, which they do. Yeah. So. Well, from what I heard is it was sort of uh, the opposite, actually, was that they were trying to make it a show, but then it didn't test well. And so they're like, well, maybe if it gets incredible ratings on Halloween, we'll greenlight it. And then there was no fucking way that was going to happen. So Indeed, yeah. I remember getting excited about it because I know Eddie Izzard was playing the grandpa and I fucking love Eddie Izzard. So, yeah, I mean, it just sounds so good. And I don't know. Fuller just has a really bad track record with mm. finishing sh- with like getting sh- his shows written on time. <laughs> yeah, that's well, why I mean, he was fired from Discovery. And that's why American Gods is, is effectively like falling apart. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. We're pushing daisies. Well, American Gods has a lot of other stuff behind the scenes going on too. Well, yeah. part of that is because they fired him as showrunner because he couldn't put his scripts in on time. Yes. <laughs> Wasn't pushing daisies a victim of the uh, the writers' strike? Yeah. Yeah. Again, that was another one that that, that hurt so bad because he had this great. I show. used to have Wonderfalls on DVD. Wonderfalls. We, ha- still we have. Still have it it. Yeah. We still have it on DVD. Yeah. But Pushing Daisies at the end of season two, that last episode is just, it's just a, a horrible tacked it's, on. Let's let's tie all these loose ends in like. It's so minutes. weird to see Lee Pace all like bulked up and hunky because he's so like not in Pushing Daisies. Oh, yeah. He's so, he's just sort of like, he's just regular. And then all of a sudden he's like playing Ronan the Accuser and he's like fucking huge. Yeah. The cool kids know. We know deep yeah. down he, he'll always be our, our pie maker. <laughs> I remember him from The Fall. The Fall, yeah. Which came out... The Fall? I think that was after... Oh, the- whoa! That, the same movie from The Cell Guy? Yeah, yeah. Whoa, yeah, he's that in him. that? Is he oh, the main character? Yeah, yeah. He does a great dramatic performance. Oh, what? The Fall. I think that, that was... That just blew my mind. I think that might have been between seasons one or two of Pushing Daisies. Yeah, because that was like 2000. That's when I, because I was working at uh, Landmark Hillcrest when that movie came out because I saw it there. Oh, 2006. That yeah, because that was oh. 2006. Yep. Holy shit. That's may, that may be where we saw it. Yeah. I think it was the only place that was showing it. Oh, at the Landmark Hillcrest. Yeah, I think. Yeah. I think that's exactly right. I think I remember going there. Anyway, okay. Um, Okay, here's a funny one. I don't know what your thoughts are on. Have we talked about American Horror Story before? Um, no, I don't think we have. Well, actually, we may have, but not on the podcast. Okay. Um, it's Meg and I, okay. fine. Every couple seasons, I go back and I watch <laughs> part of a season. I, I watch the first three episodes of the season, then I go, I'm good. <laughs> yeah. Meg and, and I got all the way, we watched it. I watched the first four seasons. We watched it all the way to Freak Show, and then we got halfway through Freak, Freak Show, Show and yeah. turned it off. Yeah, we bowed out halfway through and Freak Show. And then we tried again on Hotel, and we couldn't even make it past the first, the first episode. episode. We, we were shut done. it off halfway through the first episode because we were like, nope. Yeah. Um, but now they're on season 10 up and coming. Aren't and they completely my- switching up the style of the show, though? I don't know. Because now they're calling it American Horror Stories. Oh, I didn't hear that. Uh, yeah, I think they, I think they're changing the format of the show. Oh no! In addition to a spinoff series, American Horror Stories. Oh, okay. There 
the delayed 10th season is headed to FX this year. That's so they're doing another, another spinoff show, which seems I'm guessing that's just going to be like a movie length, movie length, the like single stories. Right. New, a uh, new one every uh, like a Tales from the Crypt, basically. Yeah. OK. And then which honestly, maybe in that format, I think that probably works better. That yeah. would totally then, work better. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's always been that they have way too many good ideas and not enough good plot. Yeah. And, and their ideas are great, but they, if they don't execute them well enough or it feels like they draw them out to fit a season. And, it just and that's, falls. A, that's exactly what happens is they have way they have way too many episodes to tell and that not enough story to fit it in. So they do this needlessly complex plotting, which completely ruins this every single season of that show is ruined by the exact same thing having way too many episodes precisely yeah well anyway that said uh <clears throat> they're still pushing through with well they'll have the anthology series with now i'm actually more curious learning about that and meanwhile the 10th season of the original show will be airing uh will be coming later this year and macaulay culkin I read about that casting, yeah. Has joined the cast. Honestly, I mean, he he fits perfect in that universe. Yeah. Yeah, they, they uh, shared, Ryan Murphy shared a little uh, picture of him looking all kind of with a goofy smile at the camera and some like, some caption about like, oh, something, something evil, something wicked this way comes. So uh, a nice uh, little aside about Macaulay Culkin real quick. Remember those red letter media guys that I bring up every couple episodes? Yeah. So Macaulay Culkin had this weird thing like two summers ago where he spent a summer in Michigan with them and was on their show for like five or six episodes. Hmm. He kind of just bounces around and just does a bunch of... And like he was just like a part of the Red Letter Media crew for like an entire summer. He does whatever the fuck Macaulay Culkin wants to do. That's and the, and the thing the thing is, is like the guy is wealthy enough that he could literally just like live in the the Ho- the Hilton in Michigan for like an entire summer, and that's what that's just what he's doing now. You know, like he's Richie Rich. <laughs> yes, is <laughs> Richie Rich? I wonder, Todd. Do you, do you have any idea what his net worth is, or is that something that you can find out? Because I feel like that is. Something that the public needs to know. You know, I find out. Um, I've told you about the Boogie Monster podcast that I listened to with uh, Kyle Kinane yeah. and Dave Stone, and they uh, there was an episode a few months back where Kyle Kinane was laughing about that because he said all those sites, all those figures are complete bullshit. <laughs> they're like, they, oh, they've got me listed at like five million, do they? <laughs> Can you write me a check, please. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, right. My tiny apartment here in fucking Glendale or whatever the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> according uh, according to estimates he is worth around 16 million that feels right sure yeah it's probably a little high but feels right yeah. i know he had a podcast going for a while i think he he got into like pro wrestling uh... he's got a youtube channel that has a lot of subscribers too so he's he was an in... artist yeah. he was a rock star for a, a, a touring rock star for honestly a while. that dude like I know that he he got a lot of like weird shit very early on in his career in terms of like way too much attention that like children shouldn't have. But well, like, I don't know. He seems like he turned out relatively OK. I mean, 
could have been a yeah. lot worse basically it could have been a lot he, worse like he was he was in a bad spot for a while for a few for a few years he was addicted to cocaine and a few other things and he got really yeah but super like skinny. what child star was it yeah true <laughs> like, good point child star was it <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i I listened to him on a podcast uh, like maybe like five years ago or something. And he seemed like a chill, like he seemed like he was very level headed and like, he's fully aware of like the, you know, the craziness of it all, what he is to other people, the bonkers thing that he must look like to other people. But overall he seems like he came out. Okay. On the Mm -hmm. other side of it as okay as he could. And, and honestly, if I was, you know, if I had the keys to the kingdom, like I didn't have to work a day in my life. If that's you had probably... a McDonald's inside your house. <laughs> I mean, that's probably what I would end up doing with the rest of my life. Just like try random shit all the time. Like, okay, I'm going to spend five months doing this for, because I decided I want to try being a rock star for a little while. Then I drop that completely and go write something or like, I just, I'd be all over the map. I wouldn't know what to do. The way I see it is if, if you come out of Hollywood as a child actor and you're not dead by 27 or 33, I think you've won the lottery. Yeah. Like you're, you're doing all right. Turn into an Olsen twin. <laughs> hey, they're practically billionaires. Uh, practically. No, I think they were billionaires. Oh really? Okay. At the, at the height of their, their media empire that they had going on. I think they were actual billionaires. Like I, I do feel sorry for them because like, like, cause I think, I feel like women specifically get it a little bit worse in Hollywood than, than men do. Um, and like, they had like, like we're reevaluating all these um, these like really exploitative interviews and attention from the media that these young child stars get, mm-hmm. and they were one of the ones that was called out that like uh, I think it was um, uh, Letterman was like grilling her about her weight and if she had an eating disorder, uh-huh. and like she was like sixteen or seventeen at the time. That's yeah. I just think it's so it's so fucked up that we we ask these things of children and expect them to have any like even if they weren't children even if they were like twenty five or twenty six like don't fucking ask people that shit yeah yeah and go ahead and it doesn't it doesn't really bear any relevance to it either because Byron is completely right but she was addicted to cocaine at the time too that was uh, when uh, one of them was with. I don't know if they were with Heath Ledger, but um, one of them was involved. Yeah, one of them was dating him for a while. And she was underage while Heath Ledger was uh, not underage. Yeah, and I was just about to say about that, actually, that a lot of those people, they're they're, they're hanging out with people who are older than them. All of their friends have access to whatever the fuck they want because, like, I've hung out with the children of la producers before i dated someone who was the child of an la producer and that we could have gotten literally anything we wanted at 16 we didn't want it but we could have it would have been like one phone call away so like but the thing is is that the people that are working with them they know that Mm -hmm. they're totally aware of what these kids are doing and they allow it to happen because it allows them to have a semblance of control over them. Yeah. So, a- like, go ahead. Oh no, I just had a flashback to a, an old 
Dennis Leary stand-up set where he was talking about that <clears throat> thing and just saying like, I don't know, man, I'm like 18. I have credit cards. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, have you guys, uh, did you see the trailer for that new, um, uh, the children of the nineties movie, the, the, uh, Oh, with, uh, Anya Taylor joy. Uh, no. Um, the, the documentary about, um, uh, you know, Brewster, uh, my Balak? No, uh, no. Salil moon or whatever her name is. Salil moon fry. Uh, yeah. So she, there's a, there's a Hulu documentary. I think it's Hulu. Uh, she found a bunch of home videotapes in a, in a box, like hundred like hundreds of hours of videotapes from her hanging out with all these child stars in the early nineties. Oh, wow. She took when she was like 12 and it's her. And it's like, um, like a bunch of these child stars that all hung out together and they were like a little crew and like Keanu Reeves is in one of them or something. And they're all like crushing on each other. And, but it's about them, you know, as child stars in Hollywood, sort of like going through the most awkward teenage years, all on television. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she, and she unearthed these tapes of, you know, of what they were doing when they weren't on set. And that's partly what the documentary is about is them having, you know, access to all this stuff. And, you know, some of their friends from that era are dead. Yeah. And and they're part part of the reason that they're dead is because they were had a lot of pressures and they had access to drugs that, you know, the teenagers shouldn't have. Jeez. And kids that are thrown into that kind of lifestyle so early on, I mean, their lives are just vastly different than a normal child's life as well. Like they basically, oh, yeah. the world is given to them on a platter with no one being a parent to them. And it's basically a free for all for them. You know, I imagine that they didn't have a whole lot of anybody looking out for them really, except people that were trying to use them. I mean, I think some, some people do some, some of them do have, like guardians that are looking out for them, but they're not looking out for them in the way that we think, you know, like, cause a lot of those parents are also making their money off of these children. Mm-hmm. So it's in their best interest for them to perpetuate that lifestyle. That's yeah, why so. most of them have issues with their parents now is because of lawsuits and, and who was getting what money out of all the work and basically child labor. Yeah. I, so like I, I can imagine that the, the kids that end up the least fucked up are probably the ones whose parents were already stars or already had money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> uh, Anywho. Anyway. Yeah. So uh, fun movie news. <laughs> nice, nice light topic we got onto there. Yeah. Hey, sometimes you got to get into the weeds, you know? Yeah. yeah. But I mean, it, it's, it's good points. Are, good points to be had. Um. Yeah, we got a shitload more uh, random ass news. So let me let me fly through some shit. Um, okay, here's another one that's long been on my get around to list, and I still fucking haven't. But uh, attack the block, where the world met John Boy. Is that actually any? Is that on any streaming service anywhere? Because I've been looking for that for years, and no streaming service ever has that. Hmm. Attack the block streaming uh, on Hulu. Hulu has it? 
Apparently, the Hulu's got it. Well, shit. Add that to the list. Uh, so Joe Cornish. It's good. It's really good. Yeah, uh, said that uh, a sequel. Well, they've been working on him. He and John Boyega personally have been working on a potential sequel for quite some time now. Um, nothing really set in stone, but they're they're you know they're pushing for it. It's on Hulu and Prime. Yeah. That was 2011. That's yeah, I saw it when it came out. It's really yeah. good. <clears throat> yeah. I like it. Yeah. But but but. Meg says John Boyega has a pretty face. <laughs> He's a good-looking dude. Dude, yeah. Um, have either of you guys seen uh, that Russian doll show with? Um... I haven't, but I've heard so much good stuff about it. Tatiana yeah. Maslany. I mean, she's she's gonna be She-Hulk, so like. Uh, oh no, no, her. not not her. No, you're mixing that up. It's um. Oh fuck! What's her name? Oh, she's in. Um... Uh, she was uh, uh Nikki on um. Orange the Clone Show. New Black. Um, Natasha something. Natasha Leone. Thank you. There we go. Tatiana Maslany was from, um, yeah, the Clone Show. Clone Show, whatever the fuck it was called, the Clone Wars. Sure. Um, (laughs) (laughs) No, uh, Russian Doll. uh, Yeah, original Netflix series. uh, Natasha Leone is uh, essentially she's caught in like a Groundhog Day type scenario where she that's right, yeah, dying like on her. I think it's it's only one season, right? Yeah. Well, they just uh, they're working on season two, and Annie Murphy from Shit's Creek is joining. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. That's good for her. Yeah. I know that. I like her. She's rad. Did you see the other movie that she's in? Mm. Um, it, it's weird because it's sort of like WandaVision y. Uh, she plays, it, it's just like, um, uh, try, trying to, she has this like false universe that she creates with her like abusive husband. Oh, yeah. Where he, he's like the sitcom like guy and she's like the doting like she's like the way too hot for the the like loser piece of shit um yeah it's like her weird way of coping because she's sitting there in sitcom world and he asks her to like get something from the kitchen or something and then it flashes back to real life and it's like their scuzzy home and he's like bitch make me a sandwich or something yeah exactly (laughs) yeah she like flashes in and out of her like wandavision her wandavision essentially yeah <laughs> i don't know if that was a movie or a series that was coming i think it's a series yeah anyway but yeah i'll have to look that up later looks good i, I like her so yeah uh oh speaking of wandavision a few little extra details that came out after the show ended um so in the finale, there was a scrapped scene, which sounds awesome as shit to me. But uh, Senor Scratchy, um, Agatha's little... Funny. Funny, yeah. yeah. Uh, so there was almost a big sequence in the finale where he essentially revealed his demonic nature because he's, he's basically like her familiar, her witch's familiar. Um so there was going to be some scene where uh, I think it was Monica, uh, the kids. Uh, I thought one more person, maybe just them. Yeah, oh, and, and uh, Mr. Boner. Yeah, Mr. Boner. Yeah. So the four of them were uh, going to they were going down into like the, the lair 
for reasons. They were going to retrieve, I think, the Darkhold. Um, yeah, I think it was the book. I think, it, yeah, they were going to steal the Darkhold from the basement. Uh, they go down there. And apparently then the rabbit like hops right in front of the book and they're like, oh, it's just like Senior Scratchy. And they reach over to pet him <laughs> and he like hisses at them. And this whole, as they described it, I'm reading the article now, like full on American werewolf in London transformation happens. Sure. This rabbit, turns, this rabbit turns into like a big <laughs> fucking demon. <laughs> and then like, and they said like a Goonie style set piece ensues with all sorts of wacky fun where they're trying to escape from this demonic rabbit beast thing. And they said they shot the sequence like the live action parts, but they didn't finish the visual effects stuff. They're like, it was great. It was super fun but it just ended up being like this massive detour in the middle of this like very emotional and intense episode already. So they, they just had to leave it on the cutting room floor. But it was a little, it was a little too Goonies, uh, like Goonies. Yeah. Maybe if they had an sense. extra episode to play around with some stuff, they probably could have included it, but yeah, with what they had, I don't think it really would have fit anywhere. Yeah, for sure. But that just sounded like so fun. Like, oh, God damn it. I hope I hope that's in the uh, well, I haven't watched it, yet, but I guess it's out now. They have the behind the scenes special. Oh, yeah, I should watch that. Yeah. Uh, Gabriel Luna also commented on the uh, on the finale because, of course, the Darkhold, <laughs> as we commented before. Oh, that's right. Last, yeah. Last scene on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Gabriel Luna playing a Ghost Rider. Um, and so like there was people online saying like, wait, like, does that, did they just like negate agents of shield? Like, because like, that's where the dark hold was like Ghost Rider took it away. And so Gabriel Luna tweeted out like, okay, y'all, I admit it under my mattress may not have been the best hiding place. Like that <laughs> <laughs> yeah, was kind of cool. Um, what else? Damn you, Robbie Reyes. Uh, he was such a good ghostwriter too. He I mean, was. He was great. Whole, and I was like, who needs Nick Cage? And the car was amazing. Yeah, yeah it was well done. For sure. That was definitely one of the high high points of uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, going off with the uh, the Marvel stuff, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch was in an interview this past week. Uh, and of course, they tried to get him to talk about uh strange too and he's like you know i can't tell you anything right but if you want to waste my time and like just ask sure but <laughs> he ended up uh just kind of commenting on like how fun it's been and he said like sam raimi especially he pointed him out saying like i love working with him um he said he's like an incredible force and the specifically the entire process on the sequel has been incredibly collaborative um with mm -hmm. raimi um as opposed to uh, who was scott derrickson was uh scott derrickson, yeah. yeah he said which is like nothing wrong with that but he said like the way cumberbatch was, was saying it's like you know with the first film you you have this kind of set path that you have to do you have to have your origin story and you're kind of locked into that and then of course there's the big avengers team ups which you're just kind of locked into your place in that big jigsaw puzzle but with uh with the new movie with the sequel um more yeah there's more room to play around and he <laughs> said like sam raimi's all for it and he said it's like been ridiculously collaborative almost like scary how much they're like just kind of going off the rails <laughs> and just having fun with it so sounds fun yeah i'm excited i actually just watched uh, doctor strange with my sister 
two nights ago. Yeah. And that was a, uh, it was good. I hadn't, I hadn't seen it in a while. Um, it sort of feels quaint now mm-hmm. in terms of like, because of how much we've gotten from the magical bit of uh, the MCU of late, but um, it, it was good. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Honestly, my, the, the part of that entire movie that, that sticks with me the most is the ending because instead of the typical punch out, I've come here to bargain. Yeah. Like I'm just going to trick this all powerful being and piss him off enough or annoy him to death for all eternity until he does what I want. (laughs) Like that was so that blew my mind how brilliant that is like, and how different that was from every single, I mean, Marvel's done a great job at doing lots of different things um, with all of their, all these superhero movies, but in the long run, but all the punching each other into submission starts to get old over time. Yeah. Yeah. Like you just inevitably, that is your third act. Uh, There's some sort of ticking clock and you're just punching out each other. And that's that. And a big CGI fest ends the movie. Yeah. Yeah. And that was, I think the first time that we saw something different in at the end of strange, it's like, Holy shit, that's brilliant. <laughs> I don't remember anything from that film. That's how much I cared. <laughs> okay. Um, early early reviews of episode one of Falcon and Winter Soldier. Uh, those came out a couple days ago, I think, on Friday. And uh, people are loving it so far. I mean, it's just the first episode that they've been allowed to see. But uh, I'm really excited and um so i finally i'm i started i actually am into the secret empire stuff now but uh it looks like from what i've seen the run of the storyline they're doing in falcon and the winter soldier is nick spencer's uh take back the shield run or at least influenced partly by that take back the shield run when um falcon became cap back in 2015 Mm-hmm. and um they introduce or they brought back u.s agent for a while as like the other cap to like be like hey we don't want no affirmative action captain you know yeah. um that's what nick spencer is about run is about it's about like the racism in america from what you would get from a black uh captain america and it looks like that that's what this season is going to be about a writer that's cool um yeah uh meg was actually asking me this morning um i didn't even bring it up she was asking like so like uh i forget what you asked me first but no one just just about the the show in general like so what what's happening with this show now or like what uh like refresh my memory with like bucky and and well i just all i did was ask because i forgot who falcon was because like wanda he's only sporadically in these movies he's not really a big character like the other guys so i'm like is falcon the one that was with the wings with the wings <laughs> or was he the yes he was the he was the one with the wings <laughs> yeah yeah and i was like refreshing with okay like bucky you know he was obviously in there in the beginning with cap in the 40s and then you know was that was the other thing is like bucky's also all over the place in these films like he gets brainwashed and then 
he they try to unbrainwash him but he always just ends up being in the end credits of all these movies like ooh now he's in Wakanda and now he's in this place and now he's in that place recovering and it's just like what the fuck <laughs> well i think i think that's i think that's exactly the point with like these shows is that yeah, they're finally giving them the backstory yes. that they yeah. haven't had thus far and exactly. that's exactly what they did in WandaVision. Yeah, and I'm excited um, for that. And I'm glad that these shows are fleshing out those character stories because otherwise it just feels like they just plucked them out and set them in this story for a convenience of the movie. Mm. But I'm like so confused as to where these characters have been all this time or like... Well, I mean, you're not alone because we don't know very much about what they've been doing. So uh, one of the tweets that I saw... Um, from the early reviewers said that essentially it said we get more character development for these two in these first 40 minutes than we have in the entire the entire. Yeah. And I, I'm excited for that because I really, I'm a huge winter soldier Bucky fan. I read the original um, uh, uh, Ed Brubaker comics back in 2000, I think 2007 when they came out. Um, and so I'm a, I'm a big, big fan of Bucky, big fan of, Falcon. I mean, I'm reading his comics right now. Um, uh, Captain America, Sam Wilson, or Sam Wilson, Captain America. Can't remember. Um, uh, did you guys see my my post about Bucky being a Tolkienite? Uh, oh, I think I did, but I didn't get a chance to. to so one of the one of the trailers that they just released. Um, uh, I think it was like a TV spot or something. It's him and it's Bucky and um sam arguing arguing and uh bucky mentions the hobbit and he's like wait how do you know about tolkien he's he's like i read it in 1937 <laughs> <laughs> so my head canon is that bucky is like a huge tolkienite um and uh he was halfway through two towers when he uh got frozen <laughs> or uh, dropped into the water yeah so he never he never found out what happened. So uh, in my head canon, him and Cap were like in the Avengers Tower like screening room, like watching two towers and uh, yeah. <laughs> and Fine. Vision like phases through the wall with popcorn. Yeah. <laughs> so that they have a full day of the entire. I'm just like marathoning the extended editions, extended edition Blu-rays. And they're having well because you know that you know Cap together. Well, because you know that Cap is a is a is like a is a Tolkienite too. Cause like, he's an artist, you know? So uh, I, I, I can just imagine Cap like, uh, like drawing Gollum uh, off screen, like in the trenches. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Or like drawing like Gandalf. Yeah. And they look like the, um, the, uh, the classic, like uh, drawings from the seventies. Yeah. Well, somebody on the internet ha now has to uh, edit that screenshot in of the um, the monkey on the, the yeah him as a monkey. It's actually like Gollum and Gandalf. Yep. <laughs> yep. You're rad. Or just the Shire. Just oh yeah, just a landscape of the Shire. That is definitely my head cannon now. Jeez. <laughs> uh, uh, let's see what else we got. Uh, all right, let me try to narrow down my list of shit here. Oh well. Um, speaking of uh, what you were talking about, like the uh, the opportunity to um, uh, bring like the uh, 
the race discussions and everything in these superhero shows and movies. Um, I actually started catching up on my CW um, Arrowverse because it will forever be the Arrowverse. And I started watching Batwoman season two. Uh, oh, yeah. With, uh, I'm sorry, pronouncing this wrong. Uh, Javicia, Javicia Leslie is taking over as uh, original Batwoman. character. Yeah, Batwoman. She's taking over uh, as Batwoman for Ruby Rose, who left. Uh, What's her character's name? Ryan Wilder. Just a, a completely original creation. Yeah. She's not in the comics or anything. Um, it, she, they, I was baffled how they were going to continue the show, um, especially how they left it off with such a like. There was cliffhangers with um, uh, Kate Kane's storyline, and the whole show is very uh, oriented around her her family, family. because yeah. yeah, her her arch nemesis is her sister uh, was mm -hmm. her sister beth who's you know gone basically the joker basically the joker. <laughs> yeah. yeah um and i fucking love her and that actress i don't know her name off the top of my head but she's one of the main reasons i stuck with the show because the show's okay um <laughs> but <laughs> but uh her her character and that actress i think she, she's amazing um but ruby rose like really fucked them over <laughs> Like, yeah, really so, bad. Yeah, so Meg was asking earlier, uh, as I was mentioning this to her, too, and she's asking what went down. And so... Um, and well, she seriously up, injured herself. Yeah, yeah. So she had uh, a spinal... She had uh, a spinal surgery for, like, two... Uh, um, what do you... Herniated discs, thank you, that were, like, in danger of, of severing her spine, basically. Jesus um, Christ. So okay. she had surgery to, to repair that. And then went back to work like in like fucking 10 days later. Um, yeah. And that's a serious, serious surgery too. Like, yeah. So it was like no recovery time for pushing herself too hard along with the, the demands of the show. Like it was kind of um, a lawsuit waiting to happen. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, uh, then they had to cut the, the season short due to COVID um, everything shut down and during the shutdown it uh she and the producers just kind of talked things out and mutually decided that uh, uh that'd be best for her to to it always seemed to me that even when she was announced she didn't seem super happy about doing it i recall differently i, I remember being pretty psyched about it hmm. the i always i always got the sense that she didn't want to be doing it it, it, it always seemed to me from all the interviews and things that I saw that she was doing this for a paycheck and not, and it wasn't so, something she was super passionate about. No, oh, I, I got a different impression. I thought initially she was very thrilled to do it, um, especially because of the representation um, for LGBTQ and everything. And, but once she got into the thick of it, she's like, Oh, this is a fucking intense project. Like yeah, insanely long days and uh, just like basically well, and she, doom your life. She hadn't. She'd never been on a TV show before, right? Like no, she she had been on um, Orange is the New Black, Black, but that was kind of a guest. But but like she hadn't been the late like the lead in a TV no. show. No, no, yeah. And she's in like every fucking scene of this, so you know. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I, honestly, I, television hours are crazy. They're yeah, so intense. Like already problems because she was having a hard time with the scheduling. Like, and especially like since like Batwoman has what like twelve or thirteen episodes per season. Uh, yeah, I think so. Thirteen. So my buddy 
my buddy is on shrill which shoots here in portland and uh they shoot for like three months but there's only six episodes per season so and in the first season there was only four or like five episodes in the season um so like now double that and add in action scenes and double the length of the show because it's not a it's not 22 minutes it's 40 four or whatever it is and that's a lot a lot a lot of time to be on set yeah yeah you're looking at like at least 12 14 hours so if you're not prepared for that lifestyle i and with a serious injury like you can very easily be like you know what i don't think this is for me yeah and that's a part of why like steven amell was very uh vocal about the long days at arrow and uh he was kind of initially uh, there were like rumors and reports that like he was kind of like a dick on set and uh, and in interviews later they're like they all got along eventually but apparently initially kind of like uh, the stories of uh, Patrick Stewart at the beginnings of uh, Next Gen where mm. he was like all down to business and like people was, were yeah. goofing off and, and people are goofing off and he was like Rah. yeah and uh, Stephen Amell similarly as the story goes was like he he got he would get fussy sometimes because he's like guys i want to fucking get home to my family like yeah like we i don't want to be here for fucking ever come on dude and can you imagine when there were 26 or 27 episodes in a season and not 12 yeah like x files they were like the the middle seasons there were like 26 episodes per season yeah and in next gen there's like 26 27 episodes per season that's crazy that is your whole life yeah but yeah, uh, so uh, season two with uh, Javicia Leslie, I'm pleasantly surprised so far. Like they, and I'm curious where it's going to go because they, um, essentially they they take Ruby Rose's leaving as there's a uh, her Kate Kane's plane crashes, like her jet is sabotaged and it explodes, like just goes down into the water and there's no body found of course so then it's a mystery of the family going like oh she's out there somewhere or maybe and also if somehow someday ruby rose at in season seven of batwoman if it ever makes it there um they can possibly bring her back for a thing well they already uh, there was an interview uh in the past two weeks with her and she actually said that she would be open to some sort of return. Like I figured, I figured as much. Yeah. And she said like, not um, at the same time, she acknowledges that she stepped away and this is uh, Javicia's show now. So she doesn't want to step on her toes. Um, But these types of shows do that type of thing all the time where they'll bring in a character from season one or two for a two episode arc or something yeah yeah they'll probably uh they'll probably plan to wrap up the mystery of like oh is she alive or dead like she'll finally re re re-emerge and kind of officially pass the torch on to the new girl i imagine i mean i i've sort of talked about my ambivalence with the arrowverse before um except for flash i like flash um i just uh i don't like the production style um it just leaves a lot to be desired. Lois and Lois and um, Superman and Lois. Is that what it's called? Lois and Superman. Superman and Lois. Yeah, not Lois. That and- looks <laughs> interesting. Yeah. Um, I I s- oh, go ahead. The Van- but the Van- the Vancouver style just really leaves something to be desired for me. So I don't know. Yeah. 
I, I haven't watched it yet, um, but that's next on my list because I'm all caught up with Batwoman now, or except for tonight's episode, which will be available tomorrow. And thank God, if you watch anything on the CW, um, they finally updated their app, which <laughs> was a buggy, was bad. crashing yeah. mess before. Like, oh my God. But yeah, thank God they updated it. I've had no problem since. So it's a pleasant viewing experience catching up on all this shit weirdly enough the show that i've enjoyed the most the live action is not of the dc stuff isn't even an Arrowverse show i actually like titans i know it's not very good but i enjoy it more just because uh it's i like i just like what they're doing with the characters a little bit more than the Arrowverse. i haven't watched that yet but that originally wasn't that on the dc dc universe yeah which i subscribe to okay and are they continuing it um it's going over to hbo max okay so yeah season three and then the first two seasons are going to be moved over to hbo max all right and I'll, I'll, i'm interested in that green lantern show um it is technically produced by berlanti but um i don't think they're setting it in the Arrowverse. right that was that weird conversation we had last time about that because they're gonna do some Green Lantern stuff with Diggle. Diggle, yeah. In the Arrowverse on Flash, but they're also having this separate Lantern show. I just really don't like the production style. It it it's it reminds me of 90s TV shows. And yeah, everything is too light, everything is too fluffy. And uh I I like the Marvel Studios and uh even the Marvel television was more grounded. Um, yeah. Like Flash, I, I understand. Flash, because Flash is a fun sort of goofy character, but there is a gravitas to it. That, mm. And that's why I like the show. Um, Arrow is... I don't even want to talk about Arrow. <laughs> um, <laughs> Supergirl was fun. I, I the, Of what I've seen of Supergirl, I enjoyed it. Yeah, Supergirl um, was fun. And I, I didn't watch Black Lightning. I've heard it's good, but that's a lot of time into the Arrowverse that I'm just like, oof, I don't know. Yeah. Stephen Amell, by the way, um, he revealed some uh, first couple photos from his new stars series. Uh, he's in a wrestling drama called heels um, where he plays the heel, you know, the, um, the villain to get beat up the, 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 Oh, okay. Got it. Um, I'm not yeah. really, I've never been into professional wrestling, so I don't really know anything about professional I, wrestling. I like vaguely tangentially. Like I know like the Hulk, like Hulk Hogan and, and like the big stars, but yeah, uh, I have no interest in professional wrestling. No. Yeah. It looks fun though. It looks uh, it's him and Alexander Ludwig, which I never, he looks familiar, but I never watched it, but he was on that Vikings show um mm. i watched one season of that and i was like eh, whatever yeah meg watched it for a few seasons and then she said it got kind of uh vikings oh i have issues with vikings <laughs> that's a whole long story and mm. not worth talking about okay um but yeah so they're uh two brothers like one is like the hero character in the wrestling mm. world and the other yeah. one is the bad guy and so they're like they partner up and it's their whole struggles with you know show business but sounds fun um well since we were talking about dc stuff um good segue we, yeah snyder cut is coming at the end of thursday the thursday holy shit 
but it's already um, the social media uh, embargo for fans lifted today. Right. It's more like this morning. And then this afternoon it lifted for critics. Yeah. There was also a bug on HBO Max that some people tried to watch. I don't remember what it was. It was, it was Tom some... and Jerry. Oh, yeah. Tom and fucking Jerry. <laughs> yeah. And they got the Snyder cut. And so you were able to watch the entire movie for a couple hours. Holy shit. Yeah. That's by like accident. Four hours long, isn't it? So yeah. they got cut off mid stream. Yeah. And as soon as they figured out the bug, they stopped it. Wow. So. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, uh, the reviews. The early reviews are surprisingly quite good. Yeah. Even from the critics. Yeah. And, and uh, Meg and I were talking about this a little earlier because I was asking her, like, did she have any interest in, interest in watching this with me? And she was kind of like, eh. She's kind of like the same position she has with Walking Dead. Like, she might be here knitting on the couch and catch a glimpse of it yeah. occasionally, but I'll be the one invested in it. Um, but... Uh, I was explaining to her, I actually, there was a, a interview with Deborah Snyder, Zack Snyder's wife, uh, this past week, or maybe just in the last few days uh, that came out and she was discussing more about it and how it all came to be and, you know, the unfortunate tragedy with their daughter and how everything. Yeah, that out. is so wild. Yeah. But as far as uh, the movie itself and the structure of it, um, she confirmed they only had to actually shoot one new additional scene yeah and everything else is from the cutting room floor which is like 75 percent of the movie the original way that they shot it was edited out by once joss whedon took over and he reshot everything uh so it's and the tweets from these early reviewers seem to confirm that yeah this is a whole new experience so one thing i want to add to that though is that a lot of the movie also hadn't even been made yet because a lot of that stuff was animatics. A lot of the stuff that was done Mm -hmm. was animatics and was green screen footage and animatics of CGI sequences that had yet, which, you know, from these movies we know is a considerable amount of these films. Mm -hmm. So like a lot of the film hadn't even been constructed yet. So like back when people were saying release the Snyder cut, like you can't just slap on green screen footage, uh, an animatic, you know, it's it's not how that shit works. So like there was, there was significant amount of, uh, material that needed to be constructed period yeah on top of the footage that had already been shot yeah um and uh, a lot of the completed visuals in the completed film the joss whedon version were actually redone to match um the snyder's so one thing that's really got me puzzled is what's with the aspect ratio uh, what is the aspect ratio? The the aspect ratio is, I think it's not four three. I believe it's five three. Hmm. It's not a traditional aspect ratio. So when the movie comes out, so those trailers that we've seen, they're all like boxy. Mm-hmm. That's the actual. That's the actual aspect ratio of the film. Interesting. And that's the only aspect ratio. So when you watch it, it's going to be in. You're going to have big black bars on the sides of your television. 
So you're saying Zack Snyder likes to be a dick? So we need an old CRT. Yeah, but uh, I don't think it's actually for three uh, aspect ratio, though. I believe it's five three. That's interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So another weird eccentricity of this film. Okay. (laughs) On top of the many, many, many eccentricities. Yeah. All right. Um, so I actually, I actually, um, I was watching a fan edit of Batman versus Superman today, mm-hmm. uh, and I rewatched. I, I watched another fan edit a couple months ago. It's called Man of Tomorrow, um, and it edits Man of Steel and Batman versus Superman together oh. into one film. Neat. Um, and that Man of Tomorrow highly recommended. Um, it's by this guy called Jajobin. Um, and it, it mainly focuses on, on Superman and, uh, links the two movies at the point where the two movies have the same footage. (laughs) Um, and it's quite good. I recommend it. Uh, and then I watched another Batman versus Superman cut today, which, uh, does stuff like remove Batman killing and stuff because, um, Batman versus Superman, especially like the ultimate edition is not a horrible movie. I definitely have serious, serious, serious issues with it, yeah. especially characterizations and stuff like that. Um, and also the, the like color gradients and stuff like that. I, I'm not a fan of the, the hyper stylization of like the heavy contrast and that type of thing that Zack Snyder has done in these specific, in these movies. Yeah. Um, just because it, there's a certain look that these movies are, I feel, uh, are better with, and the weird hyper grainy, contrasty stuff that just doesn't work. I feel for this tone, mm. or for these types of movies, maybe for the tone that he's going for, but not for a Superman movie, you know. Mm. Um. Uh. But but the the main things that I've always had a problem with in Batman versus Superman, and less so with Man of Steel, is stuff like Batman killing. Because it, I feel like it's so foundational to the character that it, it really, it's jarring to the the viewer, mm-hmm. you know? You yeah. mean the dozens of henchmen that he just blatantly kills? Yeah, it, it and, and specifically with Batman, I, I think it's important that, uh, because there's, with Batman, there's no narrative tension if he is just the Punisher without guns, you know? Like, because... If if Batman is just going around killing people, then why doesn't he just kill the Joker? Just fucking kill him then. He's a fucking mass murderer. Just go to his house and shoot him in the fucking face. <laughs> if you're if you're okay with killing him, just fucking kill him. Uh, if that's not what your story is about, if you don't have the narrative tension of will he, won't he, uh, which is important for the Batman mythos, then Batman is just... Uh, an unhinged like hypocrite now does he actually kill anybody in bvs i know he oh, yeah he, he oh. kills like a dozen people okay yeah. i can't remember it's been a long while but i remember like the conversation with alfred he like brands a dude he uh, like straights up like shoots them with machine guns in his car yeah oh right that whole, the whole chase scene with the, the the new batmobile and everything like there's dozens of uh henchmen murders going on I there that yeah I like was uh, good. Oh no, it's okay. Um, I mean, call it blasphemy. I'm sure a lot of 
you know, diehard comic book fans will. Um, maybe I'm just not as hardcore of a comic book. I mean, I feel like I'm a comic book fan, but I I accept more. I understand like Zack Snyder's particular style choice and kind of what he was going for. Like, I remember the outrage of Zod's neck getting snapped. Um, to See? me, I was not outraged about that because they made it clear as day in that in that story it was like Zod was like, I'm not gonna stop, period. And so it's, and it's so it's me or I'm about to slaughter these people in front I of actually I think I think that moment in Man of Steel actually works in favor of the story. Yeah. Um I'm I'm in the camp that uh I don't have an issue with that because A, in the in in it, Superman uses it as a moment of no return. Yeah. And that is he has killed before and now he no longer wants to because he's already done it. Yeah, it, it, it is it is a moment for him of moral clarity that it is something that he never wants to have to do again. Right. Yeah. And he's remorseful and it works from then on. Like Superman is not going to go around just like murdering dudes mm -hmm. um, with BVS. It seems like Snyder was kind of trying to repeat that, but albeit in a very sloppy way with Batman like he's already 20 years into his crime fighting. He's grizzled and tired of the fight. And he's just like, he's been slowly lurching into the dark side. And I think the, the point of the story is um, Superman bringing him back. The, the hope of the, the morality of yeah. Superman sacrificing himself for the greater good finally turns, makes Bruce turn back to the light. Except that doesn't really happen in Batman versus Superman. It happens in Justice League. Right. Yeah. And as a as a whole, like I I I definitely get the narrative that they're going for in Batman versus Superman, but it's so unwieldy and it takes so long to get there. And there's so many questioning moments up until that point. Mm. And it's not the script is definitely a mess, especially the theatrical version. Yeah. The uh ultimate edition, which is way longer. Um makes it a little bit more clear but also it's way fucking longer yeah now we have actually a fan edit that our friend and uh, old podcasting buddy uh david harding actually made himself and oh, cool. gave to us on a blu-ray which i actually really enjoyed I, I watched it and he does a lot of tweaking but uh, effectively the main the bulk of it is he included re-included everything in the ultimate edition which makes the entire plot much more clear it and makes way more sense than the, yeah, makes, than the, the theatrical version is a mess because it was shortened down with very 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 important story beats yeah they basically took for the theatrical edition it seems like they took very important story beats dropped them on a cutting room floor so they could shoehorn in all of the justice league shit and David Harding's fan edit reverses that decision and cuts out all the unnecessary shoehorning of the Justice League and just makes re returns the cohesive story. <laughs> so. Um, so I was watching the fan edit earlier today and I, I, Batman versus Superman is not a great movie. I, I'm just going to be I, I'm it's clear. It's clear <laughs> to me. It's clearer now because now I've seen like four or five different fan edits of Batman versus Superman. And weirdly enough, Batman versus Superman is one of the movies that uh, fan edits actually significantly help the film. 
mm-hmm. um, from my perspective. The, the fan edits that I, some of the best fan edits that I've seen have been of this movie, but they don't make them the movie uh, good. <laughs> they don't make it like The Dark Knight or Batman Begins. It's a very flawed story with some very troubling characterizations and the weird tone is persistent throughout. Like there's a whole thing about the jar of piss and uh, granny's peach tea, Grammy's peach tea. And and there's just this very strong sense of, of um, just um, a, a meanness to the whole universe and I understand that like Batman lives in this like horrible existence where Gotham is like it's just falling apart, but um Snyder's tone for this movie does not work. It does not work at all. Um his story choices and Chris Terrio's like writing decisions really muddy what could have been a much clearer uh story about like gods and men and and uh, Bruce's failure to be able to his like impotence and being able to stop the, the what he sees is this god it, it's very muddied and it doesn't work very well even with fan edits Man of Steel is a much clearer and a much I think a much much better movie I, I enjoy Man of Steel quite a bit I, lo- I love Man of Steel yeah. um, it is about 45 minutes too long in the action sequences mm-hmm. um, especially the last the third of last third of the movie um just oh my god just cut that shit down by like a, th- a third seriously yeah, yeah. um uh and they're like but the rest of the movie i think is good i uh, i think there's some really interesting ideas about superman i think it updates the story quite well um the pa kent stuff people got all riled up and like oh you might have to let people die and it's like he's a fucking alien dude they're gonna experiment on him um given the logic of the movie that's not an unreasonable thing to ask um uh and i feel like snyder snyder sort of got to do what he wanted with batman versus superman in a way that was too much um but it's very stylistic and it's 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 a clear vision and that is not what justice league was yeah um apparently according to the early reviews his uh vision has been restored so whether you're and and that's what it is definitely 100 him and that's why i'm actually a little that's why i'm excited i mean i hate his watchman i absolutely think he really i like i hate his watching he totally misunderstood the entire story he literally did the exact opposite of what the story is by choosing the the wrong characters to have as the framing device. He took an objectivist and have him become the main character. And the Watchmen is a tale that is against objectivism. This sounds like a discussion that would last in a whole other two hour episode of getting off topic. <laughs> it is. It is. <laughs> so let's not and, go down the Watchmen rabbit hole. And anyways, so what I'm saying is that I, I don't like that film. I do not like, and I rewatched it recently and it is cringy as fuck. And there's a lot of really like very uncomfortable moments in that movie and not in a good way. Um, And Man of Steel was tempered a little bit more. You could tell that he was being reined in by the studio significantly more, but it was such a bold vision 
that they let him do whatever he wanted hmm. twice. But then by the the poor reception of Batman versus Superman, they started going with Justice League, wait, should we let him do whatever he wants? And then they fired him. Well, you keep saying that, and I keep seeing reports of he left because his daughter committed suicide. And I've seen those same reports, but all the reports that I've seen was that they were fired. They had fired him before that even happened. Okay. All right. And that they, everybody involved said, well, this is a good time to go. Uh, well, I guess Thursday we will uh, find out what this has all come to fruition. Uh, you know, and sometimes and... when, you know, he's had a, a few years, Batman or Justice League was 2018. Yes, I believe. I mean, that was three years ago now. 2017. 2017? Yeah. Wow, that was four years ago now. Yeah. Um, he's had some time to think about this, you know, and he's he's had time to reevaluate the failures of Justice League, and he's had a lot of time to evaluate Joss Whedon's failures on Justice League, because Justice League is not a good movie, <laughs> and it's mainly Joss Whedon. It's a lot of it is Joss Whedon's fault. Um, so he's had some context and he's had uh, a lot of time to compare and contrast what worked, what didn't, to solidify his vision and um, figure out what he really wanted to do with Justice League. So th this may be a situation where because of the extra time and the ability to look back on what he did and did not do he's able to go like you know what this is able to be a much better product because he has that the 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 needed time to see if the things that he was doing were working or not yeah i think no matter what it's going to be uh, an entertaining ride um i i agree yeah i hope it's good um i'm still a little skeptical <laughs> Um, Snyder is not someone who shares a lot of my ideologies when it comes to storytelling and reality. Um, <laughs> uh, but he has, he is capable of making good movies because Dawn of the Dead was great. Um, but that's just one and Man of Steel. 300 was good. I did not enjoy 300. Yeah, you just don't like Zack Snyder movies. I just don't, <laughs> I don't really like Zack like Snyder him. movies. Like, I, I just, I just don't like his style. He's a little bit too much of a bro for me. Um, uh, like, I, I think Man of Steel, he lucked out on, <laughs> really. Um, I think the best things about those those movies are Dave Goyer's script. Yeah, well, that, um, that was also uh, Nolan producing that too, wasn't it? Man exactly, and and I think because yeah, because he wasn't he wasn't the sole producer on that one. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of that was Nolan's influence, very much so, definitely. Yeah. Um, it's like a good sitcom. Like sometimes you catch lightning in a bottle with the right, the perfect I, ensemble. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think, and I think Snyder, prior to this, when he has been let, let, because I mean, did you guys ever see Sucker Punch? No, never saw that one. Oh dear God, 
I was not impressed from the previews. It looked like every yeah. Photoshop cliche that was popular at the yeah, time. Everybody said how bad it was, so it kind of left you off-putting in in terms of watching it in the first. Place. I mean, it's it's fucking awful. <laughs> it's awful. It's right. horrible. It's one of the worst movies I've ever seen. <laughs> um, and and not just from like a film because the filmmaking is competent and in some ways good. It's just distasteful and cringy and like and like remember that dude who was talking about who like slams mountain dew and listen and like plays metal uh or um uh twisted metal black mm -hmm. and like listens to to static x <laughs> this is the the same you know uh -huh. thing all right <laughs> Well, now I have to watch it just out of more. <laughs> See, now you're going to watch it and be like, I liked it. <laughs> yeah, I'm, be, I'm the eternal, like I'm the geek optimist. I'm like, oh, this character was fun. Yeah. What are you talking about, Byron? <laughs> Tony is way too forgiving uh, with things. Uh, uh, Juggalo Joker can go fuck himself, though. I'm, that's, <laughs> that's where I draw the line. Uh, See, and weirdly enough, the Juggalo Joker thing, I did not hate. <laughs> I said I thought it was silly, but I was like, I don't know. The Joker, that seemed he's not the Joker isn't like someone who's like very tasteful, you know, like he wears people's skin as a mask. Um, oh <laughs> uh, yeah, sure. Uh, another fun thing that I did enjoy about this uh Batwoman season two. Um they've done this before. They've hinted at uh elements of um of the 89 Batman universe of Burton's Batman universe. And, oh, uh, and in this current uh, run of episodes in, in season two, there's a plot line uh, focusing around uh, one of the destroyed paintings um, from the what? Joker. Yeah. Jack Napier Joker. They specifically say repeatedly Jack Napier, the Joker uh, and one of the destroyed paintings and they're trying to find it. Uh, for reasons. Wow, I am almost that is like almost reason enough for me to watch this show. <laughs> yeah. That one element, like everything else is I mean, I am a big fan of Batman 89. I, I'm just generally a big Batman fan. But uh, uh it, it's so weird because I go through these air I go through these like waves of like liking and not liking Batman 89. Like back in like 2005, 2006, I was like, I don't like it now because it's not comic accurate and he's killing a bunch of people. And then I was like, yeah, but it doesn't matter because it's like stylistic and actually pretty badass and amazing. Um, you just got to dance to Prince and, you know. Yeah, and I rewatched it recently and I'm like, these movies are fucking amazing. <laughs> They're just fantastic. Um, uh, especially Batman Returns. Um, so, and then like, uh, they announced, DC announced that they're bringing back the Batman 89 verse in comic form very recently. There was a pitch a couple of years ago that they that they uh, passed on that was effectively this. Mm. Um, but it turns out, uh, I think they picked up, it, the, the pitch like blew up online when people found out about it after they'd passed on it. And I think they, they saw that it was so popular. And now DC is doing this whole thing where like all the various cinematic versions of Batman exist in the DC multiverse. Yeah. Which I'm, I mean... I mean, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago that like we're still getting a Batman movie with Michael Keaton. Uh, 
Michael Keaton yeah. and and Batfleck. Bat Batfleck. <laughs> yes. Like that is still like uh, it, it's still weird to me that we're still going to see more Snyder verse stuff, even if it isn't another Snyder verse movie. But now, who knows if this movie is as good as they the critics are saying or the the rumors are saying we might actually get another Snyderverse movie. I mean, they've, they've changed directions a million times over. I mean, it, it's honestly, it, I wouldn't be surprised. DC, DC is absolutely just throwing everything at the wall and seeing what's sticking. I mean, that is absolutely their approach to filmmaking right now. Hey, if they're throwing Michael Keaton at the wall, I'm game. That's I, it. Yeah. I am down for it. Cause <laughs> he was great as uh, he's, you know, playing another flying like winged creature. I still have to see that one. I have not seen Birdman. Birdman is great. And, uh, you know, played Vulture. Yeah. Uh, as, oh, did we mention that before on, I, I might've mentioned this before on the podcast, but a little tidbit from an interview from a few months back. Um, Tom Holland, our beloved Peter Parker, uh, actually said that on the set of Spider-Man Homecoming, when they were doing their scenes, uh, Michael Keaton would whisper into his ear, I'm Batman. <laughs> uh, you know what? That's it. Yep. Fun times. Uh, we were, we were getting really long on this podcast as usual. Yeah. We should start wrapping. So we didn't start until like nine 30 though. So we might actually get under two hours. I think we're probably right at two hours. Oh, okay. As usual. Um, I well, we didn't start, and then we we did we had a bunch of stuff in the beginning where we didn't really. Yeah, I'll, I'll trim it down a little bit. Uh, Byron, are you still working on catching up on Walking Dead? Uh, yes. Okay. I am. I just got to season four of uh, Fear the Walking Dead, and that is like a totally different show now. <laughs> Holy okay. shit! Like, yeah, legit. Like, a... it's a different it... show. It becomes a different show, like every two or three seasons. They 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 change the titles. They the first the first episode that I'm watching doesn't even have any of the other characters in it um, from the first season. Yeah, they completely cut the. the and I knew I knew that that had happened. I'd read about it in the trades and stuff, but like, wow, I did not realize that. Like, even the cinematography changes. Hmm. Wow, um, and it's got a Garrett uh, or um. Uh, What's his name um, from Terminator Sarah Connor Chronicles? Oh, yeah. Uh, Garrett, Garrett, what? Um, Dillahunt. Dillahunt. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. anything he's in. He's also in um, The Assassination of Jesse James by the Robert, uh, coward Robert Ford. Yeah, he's a, he's a good guy. Voice. I don't see him pop up too much, but when I do, it's he's he's a good one. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I know it, Todd, you're not completely caught up, and Byron, you're not completely. So I don't know how much. Um, I, can... I honestly, I just need to. I need to just watch, watch season nine and ten. I just need to fucking do it. Okay, um, but you're you're already aware of. I mean, Andrew Lincoln. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh. Okay, maybe. Yeah, Todd. See, okay, I can't. I. I don't want to. Always. I can take the headset off again. <laughs> Ear muffs, Todd. <laughs> Anyways, what do you want to say? Okay, Byron, you know that Andrew Lincoln leaves the show. Yes. At some point, yes. Yes. I think that's right. And they're doing a trilogy of movies with him. and Right, right, right. And I've speculated that, oh, they would probably bring him back around for the grand finale. Um, yeah, I, I, I almost guarantee. In fact, yeah. I think he'll probably be in the last 
couple episodes of the show, not yeah. just the finale. In this latest episode, we uh, see a big backstory, uh, a big it's a big flashback episode um, because after after Rick leaves, he uh, there's a big time jump. Yeah, there's like six uh, years or something. Seven years, I think it is actually oh, wow. yeah. a big time jump. Yeah. And we finally get in this in this last Sunday's episode. It's a big it's just uh, Carol and Daryl. And it's really cool little like buddy story between them and, and there's like supposedly they're getting their own spinoff too so yeah, yeah yeah so this episode they're kind of sorting out their shit with each other they've got beefs for various reasons uh but it also reveals massive backstory of like what daryl was doing all that time and basically mm. he, was, he was just looking for rick like yeah he, that's what i that's what i read he was looking for the body or whatever he <clears throat> could find and uh it's the way they structured it it makes the reunion like inevitable it's like oh clearly yeah it's just a matter of time. Yeah. I mean, I'm sort of interesting, uh, interested in, to see what these movies going to be like because, like, I feel like having Walking Dead movies with only him is going to be unsatisfying. Yeah. Well, there's I can't say anything else, but there's another main character that goes off looking for him. Oh. Oh yeah. So yeah, maybe. I think I heard that's about, that. about it. By the way, I find it funny because there's a mirror behind Todd so we can actually see what he's doing on his computer and he's been playing games this whole time <laughs> <laughs> of course I have <laughs> are you playing Yoda stories no no I'm not I should be <laughs> you heard that did you hear everything Tony just said about Walking Dead no you got closer to the mic and your voice came through real clear oh okay, okay. Meg's shrill voice came through the mic. <laughs> <laughs> all right i think uh i think that's it i think that's it yeah we should wrap it up oh uh a couple of small quick headlines just really very quickly i saw uh carrie yules i believe that's how you pronounce his last name the dread pirate roberts wesley um he announced on twitter that he is actually joining mission impossible seven and eight uh wow yeah i don't know if they've already finished shooting with him or this is very recent but wait they, who is this carrie yules um Dread uh, wesley from princess bride yeah. uh robin hood men in tights uh fucking oh, oh okay yeah, yeah yeah that one guy saw. From twister <laughs> saw yes the, <laughs> yeah. the dick from twister <laughs> the dick from twister yeah and liar liar <laughs> The claw. Oh, what there's so it's such a, range in acting. Yes. Oh, <laughs> uh, geez. But yeah, that's fun. I like him. And oh yeah, he was in that last uh he was in the mayor in the last uh season of Stranger Things. He was great. Oh, that's right. I forgot oh. about that. He was yeah. the dick wow, mayor in Stranger, Stranger Things, Things feels like mayor. so long ago. Right? Those kids it's are gonna because... be like those kids are gonna be in their mid-20s by the time the next season. Seriously. <laughs> Okay. Rake will no longer be interested in the main actress. When we stop, when we stop recording, I have an interesting story about Stranger Things. Okay, and one final tidbit that's going to sound out of out of the out of the blue, oh, but uh, cool. here's a fun one. I think we touched on this last episode. I'm not sure, but the CW, back to CW again, are doing a live action pilot of the Powerpuff Girls. <laughs> Whoa, really? Yeah, and. We get Agents of Shield alum Chloe Bennett, our uh, Sky slash Daisy wow. Johnson slash Quake, uh, Dove Cameron from the Descendants show, mm -hmm. and yeah, Anna yeah. Peralt from Jagged Little Pill. 
Um, I don't know what that is. I don't know. Other than I don't know them too. All I know is Chloe Bennett. But uh, yeah, they are the leads announced for the live action pilot for the Powerpuff Girls. <laughs> and it sounds bonkers. When I read the uh, the uh, um, the premise, essentially, like it's wow. They they built into the um, uh, the story that essentially they they were like these childhood superheroes. Mm. and they've since gone their separate ways and have grown and kind of like you know kind of uh distance themselves from each other but then the world's in trouble again so they end up reuniting it's sounds bonkers wow. work. i'm i'm intrigued at least Slime. that's crazy jojo what's his name mojo jojo mojo jojo is in it <laughs> and that mayor with the goofy voice that power off girls <laughs> and the like I forget. See, it's been so long since I've watched it. What was the like devil character that was oh, oh, always in like pumps? Oh yeah. Fuck, I don't remember. Ugh. God, what's next? Are we gonna get like a live action Dexter's Laboratory or something? Oh, man. <laughs> I wouldn't. Yeah, or like live action Johnny Bravo. Johnny Bravo <laughs> with the Rock that was rumored for like a million years. Oh fuck yeah! I'd watch that. That'd be worth a at least a movie. That was like watch two hours. Of in that. fact, that came really close to happening for a while. The Rock is Johnny Bravo. Yeah. Oh wow. Uh, back in like two thousand seven, two thousand eight. I'd watch it. Yep. Right after he did like Walking Tall and stuff. Oh yeah. It's <laughs> a good movie, surprisingly. Yeah, it is good. Walking Tall. It's fun. Yeah. yeah. All right, kids. Better put a cap on this. Thank you for joining. This is Tony. This is Todd. This is Byron. And Meg. Uh, Yeah, I got nothing witty in the tank. I got nothing left. (laughs) Stay frosty, guys. Later, boys. Bye.